0: Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, wherever you may happen to be in your day. Today is Tuesday, November 26th, during Thanksgiving week. This is from Bob's office, and I am Jacob Ballmer.
1: I'm Jake Mathis, and our guest today is one of the founding members of the Chickie Nugs. He's an alumni of Los Altos Grace, Valley Christian, and soon-to-be graduate from Grand Canyon University in Arizona. He makes messes pretty much everywhere he goes. He's a main figure at Green Oak Ranch, and he calls pasta, pasta. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian (laughs) Silva. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I'm Ian Silva.
0: You. So the reason I looked at you funny earlier was because you wrote pasta like that, but you capitalized the T and the A, which means you're emphasizing the T and A. <laughs> yeah,
1: pasta. No, so that no, would be pasta. No, you emphasized the
0: wrong part. Pasta. Yeah, it would be pasta.
1: Well, I pasta. knew what I was saying, pasta. which is why I didn't,
0: go, I didn't ask because I knew I would Some hear it, r- so it didn't matter.
2: I'm not Italian. I don't say pasta. I say Pasta.
0: I'm really concerned that Ian's going to say something he should. <laughs> no, it's going to be fine. Ian's great. Um, the other <laughs> voice you may hear at times belongs to Owen Shaft, who is our first sit-in guest. Did I say shaft? I <laughs> think so. <laughs> Yikes. Really I was talking <laughs> really fast. Oh, well. Um, that's all you need to know for now.
3: Fair enough.
0: <laughs> so, Jake, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, my weekend... Uh, was pretty average. Didn't really do too much. Um, Friday, I had a gnarly migraine for most of the day. And then I ner- I worked up the nerves to go to one of our friend's gigs, and she did great. Saturday, I
0: was in bed. Wow, no shout-out for Daisy whatsoever.
1: I didn't know if she... Why would she care? Of course she would want her gig to, to, to be shouted out. Shout-out out out to Daisy so to Perrigan Daisy and, was, and the Jamborees at Steelcraft Belfast. She's very talented. talented. December 21st, she's having a... Christmas concert at Steelcraft Bellflower, there. Um, go to it. It's fun, free, uh, but bu- good good food there, too. Um, so where was I on my weekend? Why am I looking at this like I have something written down? <laughs> um, <laughs> so then uh, Saturday, I did nothing, and Sunday, we I, I got up for church, did the whole church thing. And then we went and got dumplings, and I was very happy. Good dumplings. Yeah, they were good.
0: And then we went over to Ian's house to watch football. Were they worth the, like, month in advance you planned? Oh, yeah, they were okay. great. Oh,
2: yeah, and the mini Dude, buns.
0: there's some, like, good meat, places. Meat buns? Yeah.
2: Mini, mini buns. Oh, like mini they're. Buns? What's g- a meat bun? No, not meat well, buns. it's a bun, bun buns. Meat. It's basically at the same filling as the dumplings, but they're in buns. So they're yeah, a little bit like more doughy. doughy and a little bit more, like, puffier.
1: Okay. Really good. Um, And then, yeah, Sunday I watched... Some football over at Ian's house, and then he made deep-dish pizza, which was just pretty decent. Um, first time making it ever. Yeah. It made the dough was,
2: from scratch, and I think it turned out pretty good for it, my
1: first time. It was good, and I'm excited to try it again when you make it better.
0: Or better at it.
1: Well, no. I like, am not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, <laughs> no, that with that's time... Not,
0: if it wasn't good...
1: With time, he will improve on it. Um, is very watery,
0: but it was very good. So we were listening... I'm going to interrupt. We... As we were driving to the game yesterday, we were listening to our podcast when we had Jacob on. Nice. And we were, re- we were going over the grilled cheese incident. And in that conversation, you mentioned that the next time you do it, you're going to take a picture and whatever and update Jacob. And I feel like that hasn't happened. I haven't made a Whip grilled cheese yet. It's been like
1: three weeks. I don't have cheese the house. <laughs> Buy some. You act like I have people that supply my fridge with food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: please send donations of food to my house. Yeah. <laughs> just Mainly send, cheese. Just send, just send one... <laughs> no, send two craft singles in an envelope to Jake's house.
1: Much appreciated.
0: Address will come later. Uh, probably not on the air. <laughs> nope. Inquire inquire individually.
1: Yeah. but send cheese. No. Uh, so I don't remember what else I was talking about. Oh, and then we watched most of football, and then we watched The Mandalorian. All three episodes, and it was awesome.
0: You rewatched the first two?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, well, I mean, I also rewatched the third one, because I saw the third one on my own Saturday. But,
0: yeah. yeah great it's series.
1: Amazing. I love it. It's really good. Top. Better than Stranger Things. Don't at me, Stranger Ooh. Things. I don't, don't, think, I don't, add, don't <laughs> think the account of
0: Stranger Things is going <laughs> to care. Don't at me, about Billy Billy Brown. <laughs> those
1: are fine words, Jake. I mean, it, it's proven. They They broke the streaming thing for them. In three episodes.
0: The Streaming thing for who?
4: Change okay, Things. So like they th-
1: dethroned Change Things. It's like the most streamed thing. Yeah, in the United States. They dethroned it this past weekend. It's only out in the United States right now. But yeah. yeah, that's true. Noted. Yeah. Also, if you hear sounds from above, there is maintenance people. And they've already scared me a few times going up <laughs> and down this ladder. <laughs> and I'm really afraid it's going to fall to right the roof. It's right behind Owen's head. I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah, they're hammering oh. the roof, so...
0: Doing now I'll know what it's like for you guys because I can see what's going on behind Owen. Oh, yeah. But I can't see what's going on behind
1: uh, Like two weeks ago, one of the women who work at our church put her face up against the glass of the door and <laughs> almost gave me a heart
0: attack. And she is on <laughs> campus today. And so
1: I just did not say anything, though. I, I, I kept my cool because, like, Jacob and our guest, I don't remember which episode it was on, um, were talking, and you just see me just, like, grab my heart in almost death. Another news, I bought a new game, and it's really fun. Oh, gosh. Another
0: new one since...
2: Wait, you bought yeah. another game? Oh, yeah.
0: I also already beat Pokemon. Was that only this past Friday?
1: Yeah, what? I think so. Pokemon was Good two Lord. weeks God. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon was yeah, two, two weeks. weeks ago today. Yeah, okay. I beat it, That's like, halfway through last week. What was that new it. game? Uh, it's called Civilization Revolution or something like that. Oh, you got the new Civilization game? Yeah, and huh. so it's a strategy-based game where you, like, build up your civilization and you fight other nations and stuff. Oh. And it's really fun. It's really strategy-based, so I enjoy it. I use my brain. But, like, I'm currently playing my first one of the new one, which is, like, number six. And I've been <laughs> I've been on this one campaign for, like, six hours now, and I'm still just struggling. <laughs> like, I'm not doing well, because I don't know the, the new mechanics of the new game, so I'm just not doing well. France is going to kick my butt. They've taken over a lot. Hmm. I'm Spain right now. Good. Oh, you're Spain. I did not a random... France. I did a random... Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other nations, but, like, I did a random like conqueror was not a leader and so I got him I got Spain and I'm like this would be interesting I don't know much about Spain
2: did you know the Spanish changed the g- gauge of the railroad track so the French could not invade by rail
1: interesting wow Fact. I did history not history facts now I'm running that down in my memoir yeah, for when I write read a book <laughs>
0: You're gonna write a memoir so that you can reference your memoir. Chapter when you seventy-five. Write a book? <laughs> yes.
3: Chapter seventy-five. The Spanish have different-sized railroads. <laughs> Chapter seventy-six. <laughs> Where I found this information.
4: <laughs> oh gosh.
1: So that's my
0: weekend. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're, good job. Thanks. Was, You're welcome. How was your weekend? That was weird. Boomer. Um, I mean,
3: bomber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not appreciated. Okay, okay boomer. So, on Saturday. What about Friday? Uh, I mean, I went to a play Friday.
1: Oh, was it um, Josiah's? No,
0: that oh. was the previous week. Oh. It was Max and Whitney's at Valley. Oh, Max. So it was hilarious. <laughs> Max shows up on stage. And all he's doing in the first scene is holding a stuffed animal cat and petting it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> there's literally
0: 18 people on stage and Max is in the back left. And he's just oh standing there going, just petting it. I was like, oh, this guy's a champ. <laughs> oh um, so his character was weird. He did a fine job. He actually, two of the biggest laughs of the night were Max deliveries. <laughs> and I cannot remember what the lines were, but he was great. Max did a phenomenal job. Whitney was great, too. She wasn't in it nearly as much as I was hoping. But at one point, there's a scene where, like, five different groups of people are on stage. And so there's one conversation that's being focused on, but everyone else is on stage, is still doing stuff. <laughs> and so the, there are these two boys that were talking, and they started playing rock, paper, scissors. And so they were just like, rock, paper, scissors, rock. And they did they did that for a little while. But then they started doing random things. And at one point, one of the kids goes, rock, paper, scissors, Hadouken. <laughs> and, like, you're not watching them because you're supposed to be paying attention to the like conversation that's happening over here. But I was just watching them the whole time to see what would happen. And when he Hadoukened, I almost laughed out loud, <laughs> which would have been really distracting. So I was very entertained. It was a good play. So that was Friday. Saturday, I drove out to Norco to watch the Norco. U-20 national team tryouts for Ultimate Frisbee. That I didn't make. That You're not 20. <laughs> um, well, that under 20. Under, U-20 uh, or under 20. Under.
3: Wait, so did you try out for it? I applied to be at the tryout. Oof. I did not get accepted.
0: Here's Oof. the thing. Owen's not a good thrower yet. Okay. We're working on it. <laughs> That's true. He has time.
1: Oh yeah, actually, th- I can approve of this because we on the frisbee golf course. <laughs> okay, listen, <laughs>
3: frisbee golf discs fly a lot different, and that's why they go left. My actual throws don't go left all the time; they go right. <laughs> they go um, straight.
1: So, but all the frisbee players that, like, all the ultimate frisbee players that I've seen play frisbee golf, I've normally thrown pretty well. <laughs> I also had a shot that day in my arm. so fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Man, those flu shots are really going to mess up my game. you're the
0: sit-in guest, not the guest. Shut up. (laughs) 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 So anyway, so the tryouts were great. Some super talented kids. There were a lot of them there that I was like, you should all be on this team. And then it's only like half of them because there's another tryout on the other side of the country. We're going to have a really good team. We're going to wreck. It's going to be great. Um, And then I came home, and it was Taylor's 30th birthday party. And so there was a handful of people over at the house hanging out and – we had a pasta bar, which was really good. Chuck made like four different kinds of pasta and three different kinds of sauce and some sausage, and it was delicious. Good. And then we played a game and people hung out. It was great. And then Sunday was the football thing. And then I went to my friend's house, and a bunch of friends from Frisbee were hanging out. And so we're just talking, and the, idea- the topic of pet peeves came up because mm-hmm. I have a couple that get referenced frequently that I'm not going to tell you because I don't need random people on the street to come up to me and I think me I know about a few my pet peeves, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so for whatever reason, we were talking about that, and I had to like defend myself. And then they decided, let's play a game where we all write down some of our pet peeves, and then we'll go around and guess whose is what. And it turned into like an actual game, and it was really entertaining Wait, trying to guess. Who that sounds fun. It was. It was I want to do that. It was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Because we like the whole group was like, okay... Who do we think this matches up with and stuff? And so the group would vote on one, and you'd give it to whoever you voted for, but they wouldn't confirm or deny it, so you didn't know if it was right or wrong or whatever. And we went all the way around. We got a few right. It was a lot of fun. So that was good. And then Monday we played disc golf, and that was really entertaining because there's 15 of us. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot that of
2: people. That was interesting, <laughs> including, to say including least.
0: Three middle schoolers who had no idea what they were doing. And the highlight of that was one of them getting hit in the I, head. I
1: feel like you probably shouldn't say that's a highlight. Oh, it was super <laughs> fun.
0: It's funny because he got hit in the head by his friend, so it's okay. If the would've been <laughs> the rest of us, that would be more dicey. If but he
1: were to get hit in the head by one of my
0: throws, <laughs> yeah, he Jake, probably would, wouldn't survive. Jake was out here trying to <laughs> chop trees down yesterday, <laughs> throwing as hard as he yeah. could.
1: I a lot of my like so like my throws are either really good for like my drives, or they're just in trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's true. I'm very proud of my round because I was losing by three strokes after like eight holes and I came back to win. I didn't realize Oh yeah, good. you did win, I forgot
1: about that. I one. didn't realize that Jake was gonna be that good. Yeah, Jake Yeah, Jake
2: was surprisingly good. Thank you. Not, yeah.
1: Not yeah. you Shout Jake. out to Jake Walked Hardy
0: There were two Jakes and two Jacobs and But only one Ian. Three of us were really good.
1: I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I didn't I I played decent for like ninety percent of it and then like there were a few holes that just got to me. Yeah, I played decent for
2: not playing for in three and a half months. True.
1: I
3: threw it left every time.
1: Yeah. You should have thrown your left hand. Maybe that right. That would, that still would no have gone left.
0: But the, the highlight of the day was freaking Cody again on hole 15 for the second week in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. He throws his drive, and his drive is not close to the basket, so he makes his second throw. And then... After his actual second throw, he just took his driver again and just chucks a hammer at the basket. For the second week in a row, from at least 50 yards away, chucks a hammer straight into the basket. Yeah, it <laughs> didn't really, make any sense. It was and I did impressive. I didn't see either of them happen. I just saw where Cody was standing. <laughs> his reaction. Heard the chains and saw the disc in the basket, and Cody just looking at him and going, Jacob! <laughs> Both times <laughs> after he did. It. Like... Yeah. I was like, how? How did this just happen? Just looking at so his face, you could just see how excited and happy yeah. he was. At Both <laughs> times, him going, I'm taking that one. I'm yep. taking that one. F you guys. I'm like, okay, good. I guess you earned it. So that was funny. And then lastly, I got in back into playing Spider Man on the PlayStation again. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, not nice for my sleeping. <laughs> I did that Friday night and I was up till 3. Oh and then I did a Saturday Yeah, and I the was game's up a lot one. of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, and man. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. Well,
2: I – let's see. Friday, I drove back from Phoenix after my class in the afternoon. It was seven hours of traffic because the I-10 decided –
1: It seemed like you guys made a good time
2: though. We left at 12.30.
1: That's right. California so time, Because I thought it was our time,
2: uh, I Arizona thought it was a lot better. That's a different time. Yeah. Now. So I w- left at 12.30 California time, got to – um, Steelcraft and Bellflower, where Daisy was playing on Friday at 7.30.
1: After you picked someone okay, up
0: from Yeah, Pomona, after though. we picked up somebody from she Pumona. did a little bit go out of the way. But the traffic on the I-10... Was it not Khalil?
2: <laughs> it was Khalil. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that? I, I swear, no like, idea.
0: we don't talk about these people all the time on the show. Yeah, Khalil, no. yeah. I'm going to shout you out, even though you're not listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, so
2: my sister and I picked up Khalil from Pomona and then drove down to Bellflower. And the traffic on the I-10... Near Beaumont was absolutely horrendous. How come you call
0: it the I ten?
2: I I pick up these weird habits from my mom, which I'll explain <laughs> later why. But Just, yeah, so we were on the ten. Like no one says that. Beaumont <laughs> was horrible.
1: You're
0: from California. <laughs> yeah, I don't It's about ten. The
1: 10. Uh, whatever, the but isn't 10. it interstate? So like,
0: I I think I would call it actually. Yes, it's actually yeah, called Interstate I-10, ten, shortened 10. to I ten. But no one around here says that. They say that, and they don't say the. They said they'd be like, "I was driving on ten.
2: <laughs> yeah, everybody else in the country does that for some reason. Yeah. Right? we just It's only California. Yeah. You haven't
0: the seen movies. the, the Californians skit in Saturday Night Live? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> they have There's a Californians skit it's in so Saturday Night Live. Oh, it's pretty funny. I don't cool. really abide in much Saturday Night Live stuff, but their Californians <laughs> thing, the way they talk, it's fantastic. Four all five. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super okay. funny. Yeah,
2: let's see. And then um, Friday night, finally got to sleep in my own bed for the first time in three and a half months, which was glorious. You um, sleep in other people's beds in Arizona? My, my nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, only in my bed and my dorm room. Um, And then Saturday, my family and I went to the USC game. They were playing UCLA, and Keaton Slovis had a career day, threw for 515 yards and four touchdowns. And it was probably one of the better games that I've been to, and USC beat UCLA, which I'm very happy about because I'm a big USC fan. And then later that night, we went to a restaurant called 908 over by the hangar, which was really good. Really good food, really good drinks, and it was just a lot of fun to relax there. And then Sunday, like Jake said earlier, um, after church, going back to my house, I made deep dish pizza. My mom made this thing called Pumpkin Surprise, which is
1: – Oh, yeah. What the was
0: the surprise? surprise? It,
2: it, yeah. so it's, it was, it's like the filling of pumpkin pie on the bottom layer and then like a layer of cake on top. So it's like pumpkin Kinda. on pumpkin.
0: It was pumpkin cake?
2: Yeah. it was No, it was like pumpkin pie no, it filling was like on yellow the bottom yeah. and then pumpkin cake on the top. With, like, brown sugar sprinkled on top, and it was really
0: good. It was pretty good. I mean, I hate pumpkin, so I don't like that, but I'm just... Like, <laughs> yeah, i trying pumpkin to picture what it like. to you.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and then we watch football, and we watched the Packers get absolutely destroyed. That's, I mean... <laughs> on Sunday night. I they destroyed. got collapsed. They,
3: I
0: mean, they could have... Is this our transition?
3: Worse. I think this is our transition. Transition to the sports section.
0: So,
1: let me start by talking about it. Uh, I was disappointed <laughs> in our play, Um Disappointed in refs calling, because I feel like the first one that really like messed us up was the Devontae Adams one, where it was the like first play of the game. Pause. How much did you lose by? I'm no, no, no. I'm saying you'll see why I'm saying this. It changed our 8. momentum though. Twenty-nine points. It definitely changed momentum on a play, or on a drive that we easily could have scored that we got literally just cheated on pretty much. At what point in the game was that? It was literally the first drive. It was the first throw. Wait, which? Devontae Adams goes up. Half. He like nudges someone, and they call it a, they call it something. Oh and they make yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A yeah. over on the sideline. Yes.
2: over on the sideline. It was unnecessary roughness. They uh, basically just bumped uh-oh. chests on the sideline, yeah. and the ref threw a flag. It was the most. We ridiculous also call I've got ever called
1: seen. for a, um, the hands to the face call where Kevin King didn't touch didn't the guy's face
2: at all. No, just he was blocking blocking him on his shoulder.
1: Literally in the right place where you can block them within five yards, and they called it for face.
0: So that's two calls that literally could have... Oh no, somebody got called for a hands in the face that wasn't real and it affected the game? Yeah, I know, right? Wow.
1: Well, no, this is my argument is that people say that Packers get all these games that they win because of refs. We literally just got our
0: drives that could have... Shall we s- revisit Packers-Lions?
1: Okay, I'm literally saying that this counteracts it because, one, we don't always <laughs> win those games if people say that we win because of refs. I'm just saying. We also got a tripping call, which who calls tripping?
0: Uh, the Cowboys got cowboys.
1: That was the first time since, like, <laughs> 1940 that two call, like two tripping calls have been called in the same game.
0: That's not a real... St- uh, it's, yeah,
1: it's, it's something extreme it like that, though. But you've never seen two tripping calls in one game because tripping isn't like a... You're right. I was going to talk about that, too. That game was wild, though, because it was just bad. And and the, the last second of the game that lasted four seconds. It also... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, the Packers game we lost didn't do great. Um, San Francisco looks great. I think that they are going to be a good threat going on. Um, I do think that Seattle could still beat them, though. Um, Seattle and has beaten them. I know, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah. again. And then I also think that this week's game against... The the um, Ravens Ravens is going to be very big, and it could easily put them from the one seed to the wild card because of how good Seattle's also doing. But I think both teams are going to be very interesting in the playoffs. Packers are still going to be probably in the playoffs because we're we have three pretty much wins already in our our like in our remaining schedule. We have three games that are easily win winnable, and then. So I feel like if we meet them again in the playoffs, it's going to be a good game, and we got to figure out something because um, something I noticed is during their third downs, they rush five, and that means every single lineman is taken by someone, and it's very easy to figure out which one's the weakest one and put your best pass rusher on him, and it's hard to stop. And we need to stop trying to feed Devontae Adams as much, and we need to run the ball because that's one issue we've had since... Devontae Adams came back from his injury is that we try to force plays into him and not, like, kind of rely on Aaron Jones, who had a who was having a great year, and he just kind of wasn't a thing because we're trying to force the ball down the field. But it doesn't help when we have, like, third and 43 or something like that. It, what, we had, a, like, a third and 35, and we're like, I guess we're punting. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Get a 36-yard rush. I mean ideally but it's not going to happen. Yeah. So going back to the NFC playoff picture, the
2: New Orleans Saints are currently 9 and 2, the Seattle Seahawks are currently 9 and 2, and the San Francisco 49ers are currently 10 and 1. If the 49ers lose to the Ravens, New Orleans beats Atlanta on Thursday on Thanksgiving, and Seattle beats Minnesota on Monday Night Football, it's going to be a three-way tie at 10 and 2 in the NFC. So you're talking about home but field even, advantage and yeah. wild card implications for games this weekend.
1: The order would
3: be Saints, Seahawks, uh, 49ers, <laughs> because of head-to-head head-to-head match. Who head did the Saints? The Saints beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks beat the 49ers. That's
1: right. Yeah. So it'd be Saints, Seahawks. I forgot 49ers. the Saints and Seahawks played. Yeah.
2: Saints are going kind of unnoticed this year. You don't really hear a lot well, about them. Well, I mean, they're, they're
1: always Drew Brees is just for a good team. A little and, while. Yeah, that's true. Now that Drew Brees is back, they're a better team, and it's. A good year for them. Defense is strong. I like the Saints. I like Drew Brees a lot. He's my favorite non-Packer player. Other than Gardner Minshew and Blake Bortles, of course. <laughs> All of a
0: sudden, there's a list. Ooh, Jake has but a list. I,
1: but uh, Brees is definitely number one in that list. And then Minshew and Bortles are pretty close to each other. And then JJ Watt because JJ Watt's a great person.
2: He was out injured again. He's Uh, injured again. Yeah, he tore his uh, pectoral muscle uh, three or four weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. he tore his breast. breast. I didn't notice.
0: So when you said every game is winnable, it reminded me of a quote from Jim Valvano from a while ago. Mm -hmm. He was the NC State basketball coach that died from cancer a while back. And someone, they were playing playing against like UCLA or somebody really good Mm -hmm. back then. And they were like, do you have a chance to win this game? he was like, we're playing in the game. Of course we have a chance. Like <laughs> like, <laughs> like North Carolina, they don't have a chance because they're not in the game. <laughs> we're playing in it. We have a chance. And then so it made me like the idea of like it's a winnable game. We're playing in the game. It's winnable. It may not be very likely, but it's winnable because we get to play in it, which then made me think of a Mitch Hedberg joke. Every kid, every book is a children's book if the kid can read. And that makes me laugh. And then I was looking up Jim Valvano quotes, and one of them is, (laughs) I asked a ref if he could give me a technical foul for thinking bad things about him. He said, of course not. I said, well, I think you stink. (laughs) (laughs) And he gave me a technical. You can't trust him.
1: One last thing real quick on the Packers. Um, Sorry to digress.
0: I'm the one that digressed. Um, And we're back.
1: We have our next five games. Three of them are at least winnable, and I think four are definitely winnable. Which, One's up in the air. We go we go to the Giants, win. Redskins, win. Bears, probably a win. Bears at home, so – or Bears at Green Bay, so that's big. Then we go to Vikings, which is the one that I could say we probably might lose. Like, that's the one that I can see us losing, but we could also still win. Yeah, and then it's at bad. Lions, we can also win, probably. <laughs>
3: The Vikings are under the radar this year, I feel.
1: Um, the Vikings are always, but... Yeah, they're very the under the radar. The problem is that they're the Vikings. <laughs> 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 All right, sure. It's fine. We have well. a tiebreaker on them, so well, even... Right well, now. my Chargers... Yes, I'm hmm. a Los F- Angeles F-
2: Chargers fan, which is... good Yeah, I have been for a long time, and I don't plan on changing teams because that would be dumb. Um, we are currently 4-7, and seven, which is absolutely atrocious compared to where we were last year at this point last year at this point we were seven and two now we're four and seven give or take a week or two our remaining schedule <laughs> whatever I, we I can, definitely
0: take two because yeah, yeah, take, you take two weeks games. yeah um
2: so our main schedule is at broncos at jaguars versus vikings versus raiders at chiefs
0: um, How yeah. long did you have to look up those records and not realize that they were not the same amount of games? I,
2: I saw it, like, okay, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, so nice. I saw it, whatever. Um, so, at Broncos, that one's always a toss-up. I don't know if they're going to win that one or not. Um, at Jaguars, I could see that as a win. Vi- if they play Gardner Minshew. Yeah, not if they yeah. play Minshew yeah. <laughs> um, versus Vikings, that's probably going to be a loss. Raiders games are always a toss-up, and at Chiefs, I'm hoping we can pull off some sort of miracle, miracle, miracle. Medical? Um, yeah, some sort of miracle like that they did last year at Arrowhead, and because that was one of my favorite games I've ever watched was when they beat the Chiefs 29-28. So maybe we'll th- have some sort of miracle, but I don't see any sort of miracle happening. But nice. Jake just dropped his AirPods. I don't um, speak <laughs> four. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I see. What? The Chargers probably finish 5 and 11. Um, be possibly top 10 for draft pick. And I've seen things where they either get Jalen Hurts to a tug of Iloa, or they it. trade up for uh, Joe Burrow. I don't think you want to. You're going to
3: trade for the number one pick? <laughs> yeah, I want
2: them to trade up for the number one pick. Who would you trade for
3: the number pick. one pick?
2: Uh, Phil Burgers. Philip Rivers the, I don't isn't, know if the isn't worth an, yeah. that. oh, an eighth-round yeah. pick.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's another <laughs> round point. That's out. No, <laughs> that's um,
0: funny because the NFL draft is only seven rounds <laughs> for those yeah. who don't know.
1: <laughs> I'd <laughs> trade two <laughs> sharpened pencils for yeah. Philip
0: Rivers. <laughs> so, <laughs> Philip Rivers is under contract only for
2: this year with the Chargers. He is a free agent after this year, and there have been multiple rumors going around that he could end up with the Tennessee Titans, which I am partly okay with, partly not, just because he's been the Chargers' starting quarterback since 2006, and he's basically the only quarterback I've known the Chargers to have. But with his drop in stats this year, even though he is still top five for passing yards, he, his touchdown-to-interception ratio has gone way up. And I think it is, as much as I love him as a quarterback and as a person, he I think it's time for the Chargers just to move on because he is getting up in age and he's regressing rapidly and I think it's time for the Chargers for a new face at quarterback, just because we've been running the same type of offense for 15 plus years now. So I think it's time for a new face. It was working last year. It was working last year, but obviously it's not working this year at four and seven.
1: Just sign Johnny Fitzpatrick. What? Johnny, Johnny Fitzpatrick is what I meant to say. Johnny Fitzpatrick. Johnny Fitzpatrick. Col- Colin Kaepernick's always an option. <laughs> Johnny Manziel a better option. I'm gonna say no to that, and that's it.
0: Fair enough. Just sign Johnny Fitzpatrick.
2: Yeah, I'm going to... Who's Johnny Fitzpatrick? I'm
1: pretty sure I made him up. <laughs> Is he
2: Uncle Rico's nephew? No, nah, I'm pretty sure him. he's
1: <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick's son. <laughs> who mil- might play yeah. in the league before oh Ryan Fitzpatrick retires.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, who else? Um, Melvin Gordon's a free agent after this year. Could I... Don't know if they're going to resign him or not because he had a holdout at the beginning Probably of the year. not. And he wanted like 10 to 12 million. The I wish he
0: would have just gone away because my fantasy team was doing real hot with Austin Eckler and then Gordon came back yeah. and screwed me.
2: Yeah, Austin Eckler was doing great at the beginning of the season and Melvin Gordon. I think the Chargers should have traded Melvin Gordon, but nobody was. They, we weren't going to get back yeah, what we no. wanted. We wanted a first or second round pick, which was not going to happen.
0: So Owen and I went to the Rams game last night.
4: That was fun. <laughs> Oof. Another fun Look, game.
0: it was fun the whole time. I it had was. multiple people be like, did you leave early yet? I was like, no, I'm watching the MVP in person. Why Someone would I leave you early? Someone asked that in the
3: first <laughs> quarter. Someone <laughs> asked
0: you that in the first quarter if so you were leaving early. There,
3: he took a picture and posted on Instagram. And the fir- Like and It was the first quarter, and there was a comment asking if he had left yet.
0: It's rude. Um, I mean, it was entertaining. It was cool to watch somebody with Lamar Jackson's talent in person. That was a big deal. Um, there were several things that were of note. One of them was the first time we got a first down was because of a defensive holding penalty. Yep. And so <laughs> I was very willing to accept that charity. Um, But at one point, one point later in the game, they did a, in the like third quarter, they did a poll up on the Jumbotron for the sing-along that they were going to do in the stadium. And the options were Bohemian Rhapsody, Living on a Prayer, and Rapper's Delight. And I am just over Bohemian Rhapsody now because it's just been played so, so much.
3: And the timing.
0: I'm telling a story, Owen. Sorry. <laughs> and um, so you voted on it. I didn't vote because I knew Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win because everyone is sheep. And we <laughs> – so was it after – it wasn't after the interception. It was
3: right after the interception. I, I they, showed, they played the other – No, they threw the interception. They showed the video of the new stadium being built, then uh, played yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. That was
0: super funny because Marcus Peters intercepted Goff, which is like, aye, anyone but him. But, so Marcus Peters got an interception. And then right after that, they played this like minute-and-a-half-long highlight video of our new stadium being built. So it was like ignore. Your highlight from the game, is big, ignore, video of your ignore, what, being <laughs> ignore what's going on on the field right now and just be happy that the future looks bright. It's like ah, uh, that's not enough of a distraction, sir. Um, and then later in the game, something else bad happened. I don't remember if it was after another interception, I'm pretty, was, or was it it was the uh, the, or after they scored a touchdown or something. And then they started playing like some celebratory music. I was like. They just scored. Why are we playing music? I think it was another another interception, I think. uh, I was upset. But, funny thing, we were sitting there and somebody walked by us and they had a Joe Flacco jersey on. Nice. Except there was a ton of duct tape on it and it had turned the fives into eights and they had covered the name. They had covered Flacco's name and wrote MVP on it. (laughs) That's amazing. It was great. We were very happy about that.
2: Why buy a new jersey when you just repurpose your old one? Exactly. Duct tape.
0: So, it was rough. It was an entertaining game. I was really – the Ravens had, like, 280-something rushing yards and 195 passing yards. RG3 came in and had a big completion, and that was upsetting. Yeah, that was – that catch and was – It was a m- dope catch. Oh, RG3 three was amazing. Troy Hill was just like, I got it. Oh, I don't got it. Like, Troy Hill just standing there Troy watching the Troy Hill looked like the wide receiver because he was so far ahead. And then the receiver <laughs> just went up and yeeted it. So um, –
1: that I don't think that's how yeeted works. I don't care. Yeeted is normally like a throw or like, RG3 yeeted it. is.
3: Yeah, mine. there we go. And
0: this then my, yeeted a catch just sounds weird. Right. Where it's well, like you catch what, it you just like throw yourself what inside? What newfangled like young person slang would you use to describe how somebody caught a ball, Owen? I don't know. Yeah, no. that's not I really. You have you one. Saying? You have one purpose here. <laughs> I know. Please to bring a teenage viewpoint in. I almost said please. I almost said please
1: euthanize us, but I'm pretty sure that's how you kill
0: dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, what, it's not just dogs. Them? No, euthanize. <laughs> oh, <it>. oh <laughs> euthanize. <laughs> I'm like you eat. <laughs> if you yeeted a dog, it would probably die. Okay. Well, that's.
4: <laughs> Euthan, euthanization
0: say, is just the overall term for when you put kill an something animal. with a shot or whatever. You can euthanize individuals. Oh, That's so That's like, how they, like, death row. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. They, when they mainly. potassium. Yeah. Good thing we cleared that up.
2: Anyways.
1: <laughs> That's not the way I want to go out.
0: You wouldn't want to go out peacefully in your sleep? No, I want... I'd rather have like shooting. I mean, you'd be on death row. So that <laughs> but would be I it. would want like. You'd the, rather have. Yeah. You'd rather be killed by a firing
1: squad. Yeah, that that just sounds dope. One guy has to have a good shot and will get me instantly, and the other one should just hit my body.
0: But like the anticipation of that would be the worst. I'll just run at them or something. <laughs> that's, not that's, that's not how that works, how that works either. either.
1: Gosh, they, they, they
3: don't let God. you that.
0: I think there's only like two states that do I mean, still. I don't think it works like that at all anymore. I don't think death by firing squad is a thing. Ian I would think no. there's only nope. like two. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think there's only like two left. Two what left?
1: Like states that do it.
0: Not a firing squad? Yeah. No. Th- maybe the death penalty, but not the firing squad. I'm pretty sure Texas is like the only state left. I that thought like Missouri or
1: something like random. I think it is Missouri.
0: Why Why does Missouri have to be a random state? Yeah. Oh, because geez. that's the, the one I said. I don't know. Oh, it started in fronts.
3: In France.
0: Uh, France. A firing squad? Yeah. We don't need to have a history lesson right now. Nope, we're good. Um, So, while we were at the game, too, they were showing, like, stats from the week and stuff. The top three passing Uh quarterbacks from this weekend were Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Jameis Winston. And I said, what the heck is happening to our league that those guys led in passing yards? I despise Uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's the sixth highest scoring fantasy quarterback in our Kurtz League. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, I was like, "What is wow. this nonsense?"
2: Jameis Winston doing good at quarterback in the NFL? Right. Well,
0: I mean, getting had, yards had, and being good. He had religious. three touchdowns and two interceptions in oh, the first half. Yeah, okay. yeah. isn't he at 20 interceptions? He's a lot. So the thing yeah. about Jameis Winston is. If his team's winning, he throws interceptions to keep the other team in the game, <laughs> so and if his team's <laughs> losing, he throws touchdowns to keep his team in the game, so that the games are all exciting because they're always. In so the he's game. really <laughs> just caring about the <laughs> entertainment part. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
1: Ravens lose starting center
0: for season. Who
4: counts? <laughs> oh, Mike That guy that went down there. Yeah, had to but out for season oh, with yeah. knee injury.
0: None of us care. I, I do. Back you back care back. about the Ravens' yeah, center?
1: I feel bad for him. He's. Di- I mean,
0: he's not. The, he's the chemistry down. between do
3: him and Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Could be, anyway. Could be in question. No, Ian
0: had a thing to say. Okay,
2: um, going back to James Winston and all his touchdowns and that's interceptions, right. through 11 games, he's the first quarterback ever to ha- th- to throw 20 interceptions and 20 touchdowns. That's terrible. <laughs> first quarterback ever to the, awesome. the game.
1: 20 yeah, for 20.
2: His touchdown to re- interception ratio was 1.
1: He just dropped a 20 20. <laughs> he just dropped a double double, though. I don't want to yeah, expect it. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
2: He dropped a 20 20 game, but for the whole season. Oh, man, that's bad. <laughs> Good. Oh, um, What's going on in college football? No, so
0: Thursday is Thanksgiving, and there's three games on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh,
2: shoot. And, and one gr- college r- game. Yeah, and gr-
0: no, yeah, but it's – so I thought it was like Texas one. or usually Texas or Texas A&M or somebody like that size. Ole Miss. Yeah. 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 No, the only
2: game on State. Thursday is Ole Miss at Mississippi State because it is rivalry week in college football. Is Pat McAfee yeah. college Pat McAfee better be on college game day again this week.
0: So. I, I don't know. Is it on ESPN? What uh, uh, is it's the, the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game? Probably.
3: Uh, college football is on – Yeah, it's on ESPN.
0: So McAfee on should be calling it. Yes, it's that's be amazing. That be That might be more entertaining to watch just that to have McAfee's, amazing. McAfee's yeah. commentary than the Saints-Falcons game.
1: I'll be cooking food. Yeah, me too. Friday night for Friendsgiving on Friday.
2: Yep. Um. So other college football games of note because it is rivalry week. Um. Texas Tech, Texas on Friday morning. Um, g- number 19 Cincinnati versus number 18 Memphis, which is Florida that's not game.
0: of note.
2: It's 19 versus 18, and whoever that's wins...
0: that's not even can... a rivalry. That's Ohio it? and Tennessee, Who whatever. Cares?
2: Okay, you have <laughs> the game this weekend well, between Auburn. Ohio and Michigan, oh, which is on Saturday morning, which yeah. is very early. Um, what else? There is Alabama oh, Auburn, Alabama Auburn, the Iron Bowl in Auburn, Alabama, which will be very good. Wisconsin versus Minnesota. In the Big Ten West, and is that
0: the one Paul Bunyan's Axe, right?
2: Yeah, that's Paul so Bunyan's Axe, and whoever wins that faces Ohio State. That's what that's they cool. play for.
0: Yeah, Paul Bunyan's Axe. Yeah. Yeah. Because the old Miss Mississippi State game is called the Egg Bowl.
1: Yeah, I don't is know it, um, why it's called the Egg Bowl, but it's called the Egg Bowl. I don't either. There's a Does couple it Stanford games Stanford like and someone play for like the Tree? Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Stan- one.
2: Stanford and Cal play for the Tree, and then um, TCU and SMU play for the Skillet, the Iron Skillet. I have no idea why oh, didn't
1: wait, the iron but USC UCLA played. Last week, and they should have waited for this week. Again,
2: yeah, I don't know what... Is there the rivalry. It was a weird too?
0: schedule because the rivalry yeah. week is Cuts usually supposed to be before Thanksgiving. Yeah, but
2: it's after Thanksgiving this week. But some of yeah. the rivalry games were before. Um, any other games? Uh, Texas name Texas A and M plays number one LSU. LSU should probably win that Steam one by now. Um, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State, which could yeah. could have some Big Twelve championship game implications if Oklahoma State does win, which. I don't think it's going to happen. And Florida State, Florida. Fun fact about the game. Florida State has beaten Florida at the Swamp, which is Florida's home stadium. Swamp. Every single time they've played there for the last decade. Florida has not won. I guess Florida stay at home in ten years.
0: Well, Florida hasn't been good since Tim Tebow left.
2: Yeah, that's true. But they're number 11 this year, so they're still out there, but they haven't been to the level they were yeah. when Tebow was there.
0: With their backup quarterback, though, I think.
2: Yeah. They used to call it Gatorade because the Gators liked it. <laughs> no, it's actually because that's where it was invented.
0: But they like to keep it. bringing up the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time, every, every time the
1: Gators brought up, I'll bring it up. Why? That's cool. why I don't, don't bring up the Gators.
2: Cool. may point out that USC could possibly make the Pac-12 title game still. No. If well, who? Oregon loses. To Oregon State, would, not Oregon. Um, if Utah loses to Colorado on Saturday, USC would make the Pac-12 title game for the South because of their head-to-head, because USC beat Utah earlier this year. Oh yeah. So, hoping that happens this Saturday. So. Well, we'll find out. all we know
0: is there's not going to be a Pac-12 team in the CFP. Oh yeah, no, not at all. After Oregon lost.
2: Yeah, after Oregon lost, Arizona. Remember State. that
0: time we were talking about it, and I was like, Oregon's not going to make stuff happen. Yeah, I was right.
2: Yeah, Utah is the best chance to make the playoff, I don't think that's going to happen. No. Yeah. No other games of note there. NFL Thursday, Chicago-Detroit, which could be interesting. Yeah.
0: No, Detroit still has a okay. backup oh, quarterback, no, no. and they're so yeah, bad. Not
2: Chicago
1: um, is still, <laughs> still bad. Although
0: Detroit uh, acquired Bo Scarborough... Two weeks ago, and he's been running uh, all over people. I love uh, Boscaro. I wish we had him. Yeah. Um, Roll running. Tide.
2: Buffalo at Dallas, and surprisingly, Buffalo's eight and three. Yeah. At this point in the season. Yeah. That's I'm actually excited for that game. Yeah, Buffalo that, win. That's going to be the one good game for the whole week. Well, whole week whole, on Thursday. Yeah. Nice Buffalo's win. Yeah. Um Sunday night is New England at Houston, which could be. You
0: forgot the
1: third Thursday night game.
2: Oh yeah. Um, New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans is going to run the table against Hopefully. Atlanta.
0: Atlanta beat them two Atlanta weeks ago. Two did weeks
3: Atlanta, ago? Atlanta ago, yeah. beat them two weeks ago? Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that. They play good
0: that's in New I, Orleans.
3: That's probably the only reason why it's an interesting game. Yeah. They huh. play good, maybe. Because yeah. well,
0: Atlanta's three and eight. Thursday
3: yeah. night football on NBC.
0: Yeah, Houston and New England on Sunday. Yeah, that's gonna be a good game. And Seattle, Minnesota okay. on Monday.
3: I'm scared. I do not want to lose.
0: It's in <laughs> Seattle. And yeah, you could possibly lose to I think and it's that's in a, that's
3: a kind of scary opponent. To Who's be playing? That? What night?
0: Monday night. Seattle, Ooh. Minnesota.
3: Is it in Seattle or Minnesota? The
0: it's way a, I wrote it's it. in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, no.
3: Cool. We're three and two at home.
1: Minnesota.
2: Minnesota. I'm I despise sorry about it. <laughs>
1: That's
2: my Minnesotan accent.
1: <laughs> I, um, so, growing up on my street, um, there's two twins on my street, and their dad was from Minnesota. Like two sets of twins? No, no, no. They are twins. Okay. Like That's what I meant. Not so, sets. there was a set of twins. I was just making sure. I t- yeah. <laughs> so... Um, their dad's from Minnesota, so, so like when I was little, I sent them like, I like brought over like these mini sodas, and he's like, "Here, these are for you, cause you're from Minnesota." <laughs> no. Yikes! I was like eight, and so it was pretty good for being an eight-year-old. I
3: was like, I, yeah, I'll one. give you credit for doing that
4: at eight years old. Yeah.
3: At YCC, when we played Minnesota, their spirit award was a mini soda. <laughs> and we had to shotgun the mini soda with our cleat, and I smashed the uh, the soda in, like, two because I hit it too hard against the bottom. Okay, of <laughs> so for
0: reference, YCC stands for Youth Club Championships. It's the National Championships for the Youth Division in Ultimate, and I'm assuming most of you know what shotgunning is. How do you shotgun with your cleat? You smash against
3: the bottom of your cleat, and then you proceed to do it, but <laughs> you're not supposed to smash it too hard. You're supposed to only, like, tap it, What do you apparently. mean, smash it? Like... <laughs> Okay. Get, well, you when get you in smash hand, something, it breaks. You get in one hand, you pull your foot up, and you hit it against <laughs> no. your cleat until it pops open. That's not what they mind. wanted us to do. Never mind. And so I hit it against my cleat way too hard and exploded all over. And we were wearing white jerseys and it was a Coke. So the rest of the day, it looked like I'd like, fallen in mud or something. And it smelled awful and it was super sticky. But that's my story about Minnesota.
0: Nice. Yeah, when you said you shotgun something, I was like, you are children. You're not allowed to. <laughs> um,
1: my first time shotgunning something was in Hawaii and I was seven. <laughs> and I shotgun a sprite. My cousins made me do. And how old are your cousins? Uh of age of
0: shotgunning other things. Your twenty plus year old cousins <laughs> made you as a seven year old shotgun a carbonated beverage? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That had to be painful. And they
1: they like now wow. they want me to go out there and I actually shotgun something. I'm like, I'm down, I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh gosh.
0: We do not endorse the <laughs> extreme Extremely quick inhalation of alcoholic beverages on the show, for the nope. record. No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not at all. For multiple <laughs> reasons.
1: Unless you are of age. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. I mean, what? no, actually. Wait up. Wait up. Undermine
0: do the public service. Never enough. mind. Nope, remind. You can't remind
1: now. his thing, you know, because there's some diamonds <laughs> hidden away. Remind. What? Minecraft reference. Oh, um, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs>
0: Next topic. Minecraft <laughs> is not Minecraft. <laughs> I will oh end the show. We um, will turn the show around.
2: Quick thing for baseball, um, the MLB is doing an all-team selection, for second, and third team for the first time this, this year. This is going to be a long one. Um, not real. I'm just going to name the first team. So their uh, voting is open on MLB.com until next Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. But ESPN has listed their um, what who they would choose for their first team. So their catch would be JT Real Muto, first base Pete Alonso, second base Ozzy Albiaz, third base Alza Bregman. Shortstop Marcus Seaman, who is the um, he was, got third place for MVP voted Simeon. this year. Simeon? <laughs> Simeon. Okay. Um, outfielder outfielders would be Mike Trout, which who was a unanimous choice by the ESPN staff. Um, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, and designated hitter Nelson Cruz. Utility player DJ LeMahieu, which is. Utility player, for those of you that don't know, is somebody that can play multiple positions all over the field. Um, starting pitchers would be Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Justin Verlander. And relievers would be Aroldis Chapman, Josh Hayer, Liam Hedricks, Taylor Rogers, and Kirby Yates. So that's who ESPN chooses as their first team all, at all MLB.
0: I didn't think Chapman was still that good.
2: No, I didn't. No, but whatever. Yeah. I can see I understand why Garrett Coley went twenty and five this year. Who? Hopefully the Angels starting pitcher in the next couple months.
4: <laughs>
0: Fingers
1: crossed. Yeah. And Who is it? In case you guys didn't hear there was <laughs> someone knocking. There was Ian knocking on wood. And so I said, Who is it? Um, <laughs> Oh, gosh.
0: This show is going exactly how I pictured it. I saw a Get meme exactly. just now,
1: and I wanted to talk about it, and it said, once <laughs> all the boomers die, can we change it to metric system? And I thought it was really funny.
2: <laughs> That's one thing the U.S. is never going to do is go to metric. I, I feel like we might. We're never going to go to metric. You know, even though in Scotland, they say they use metric over there, but their road signs are in miles. So they don't entirely use the metric system. They still use some Imperial units over there.
1: They're like we just measure in sheep.
2: Yeah, we're gonna measure it we're gonna measure in sheep and how long it is from one castle to the next. Yeah. Exactly. They measure it by castle distance.
1: <laughs> one yard. Three three could, one turn castle right.
2: could, Yeah, It's one castle away. At this castle turn right, at this castle turn left, and it's about whatever. Four hundred sheep could, left. Could, yeah, 400 it's four hundred right. sheep down from this castle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. Yeah. I lied. This is not how I thought yeah. the conversation <laughs> was going to go. <laughs> oh
4: gosh.
1: Set everything sports related. We yeah, want to we're talk not about? even
0: going to talk about basketball. Forget that. We're oh, other than yeah. like Lakers rock. That's about I it. I said we're not going to talk about Kay. basketball. I literally
2: said the one thing you need to say. They're fifteen and two. They won last night again. So that's about it.
1: Okay. So moving on to um, what what do you want? Like professional tennis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, if you're talking about professional tennis We're not I can talk about um, it for a little bit We're not,
4: <laughs> we're not right, about tennis
2: Whatever, fine, no tennis I
1: know nothing about tennis other than it's played sometimes on grass
2: And sometimes on dirt Well, actually, clay
0: <laughs> This is where it's your turn to start the <laughs> version <laughs> of the show or the portion of the show that focuses on Ian That's me Yeah
1: So, Ian Yes, Jake my first question <laughs> was being really dumb. <laughs> I was like, "So, how old were you when you lost your first tooth?"
4: <laughs> um,
1: that I, is not weird. Okay. I was oh three. Gosh. I was three years old. I feel like that's really early. <laughs> I was either
2: three or four. I lost. I feel like
1: that's when old. you have your first tooth. What do you mean? Yeah.
2: You get your teeth in in the first
1: year that you're alive. I might've been late. So, good start. Yep. You are about to graduate from. Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Yes. What are you graduating with?
2: Um, So I am in my senior year at Grand Canyon University. I graduate in April of 2020. I am majoring in sports management with a minor in athletic coaching through the Calangelo College of Business, who um, it's named after Jerry Calangelo, who is one of the main prominent sports figures out in Phoenix. He at one time owned the four major sports teams, which are the Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Suns, and Coyotes. Or coyotes for people that say it that way. Um, so he comes and he's the as main. if
0: as <laughs> if coyotes is the normal way. I say coyotes, <laughs> the, the majority. Yeah,
2: whatever. Um, so he go yotes. Leaves. Go Yotes. Go Yotes. That was
1: really loud. Well.
0: Okay.
2: So he is the main sponsor of the business school. He comes in and teaches um, classes once in a while, but he's still very involved in the NBA. Um, yeah, so my um, sports management, it's basically you could learn how to run a business, but specifically in sports. So it could be anywhere from agency to marketing, finance, um, operations, planning events for your teams or corporations organizations and my minor minor in athletic coaching i have um i'm currently in a softball coaching class i have taken a baseball coaching class and doing a volleyball coaching class next year Next 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 semester, Um, and it's basically involving how you learn how to coach and the philosophies behind coaching, which is, for me, I find it really interesting. Like, you learn how communication and what works with certain types of people, how to interact with parents, coaches, players, everybody in between. Um, And I've also taken athletic training courses with that, and I've taken biology courses as well. So I know basic athletic training, taping, um, assessment, stuff like that, as well as Basically, basic anatomy of the human body. So it encompasses a wide variety of things. So I think they work well together because I would know how to coach what's wrong with player, with players in some circumstances as well as how to run an organization from the business side of it.
1: So with that degree, where is one of your – or where are a few of your dream locations to end up working? Oh, like dream what companies are um,
2: yeah, So I would like to either work with the MLB or the NFL. You're with one of the professional teams, preferably the Angels, Um, but I'm not opposed to going to other locations around the U.S., such as uh, the Midwest, New York, Boston, or Texas. Um, just with one of those teams, I think it would be fun to work with, or work with the MLB in New York City, which I think would be a great opportunity because you' get to meet a lot of people and they have a lot of connections to different sports leagues or um, work internationally with MLB in Japan, so I think that would be a great opportunity and then with the NFL, I would like to um, work with the Chargers. Um, or with the NFL offices in New York City as well. Um, and with those, I'd like to be in operations because I had, I discovered through all my classes this year that I really like the operations side of business and sports, of like basically just planning stuff, um, long-term, short-term, running events, being in charge of that. So any type of player operations, team operations, yeah. in baseball or football is what I would want to do.
1: Oh, look you were going to say something. Sorry. No. So you grew up playing sports what sports were you uh i was sick. good at but what sports did you do because i mean you could have not been <laughs> good, good at young. something but what sports did you do growing up um
2: so starting young i played ayso for three years i was mainly played defense i didn't play soccer or well organized soccer after that um i played basketball for one year i played volleyball for one year Um, I played Friday Night Lights over at Oak Middle School for a few years, and I played baseball over at St. Hedwig with uh, Jesse Smith and Sam Galora, who was one of our classmates in elementary school. Um, Yeah, and so after that, I played football in middle school, and then when I got to high school, I played football all four years, two and a half years on varsity, because I got pulled up midway through my sophomore year, and I played baseball my junior, senior year at Valley and I was a offensive guard. Um, Jesse was my quarterback, and um, another one of our friends, Quaid Kawana, was our running back. So it was really cool to see, for our parents at least, to see all three of us lined up. At, me at center, Jesse at quarterback, and uh, Quaid at running back. For they had There's one pitcher that one of them have, and so it's a really cool picture to us grow up together That's and play together. And then um, baseball, I played junior, senior year. I was an outfielder. It um, wasn't the best. I was more of a utility player for that but i still enjoyed it
1: you uh forgot to mention gymnastics
2: oh okay um, okay so nicole reeves who is also one of our friends who will never let me live this down but apparently i don't remember this i did one gymnastics class <laughs> when i was six years old i was six i could not think for myself but there is a picture of nicole and I with our medals that we got for doing this one gymnastics class apparently, and I completely forgot about it until um, our, both of our families were in Scotland this summer, and she reminded me about it. And mm-hmm. I am very much embarrassed about it. Because it was one of the
1: first of things Ian said to us after he got back from Scotland was like, guys, did you hear about this? <laughs> and he talked about how he did, or how they found this picture of him with his gymnastics medal. Nice. <laughs> it's, just, it's really funny to me. I
0: feel like it would be hard to do gymnastics in jeans.
1: Yeah, it was one class. <laughs> Ian does not wear jeans. <laughs> oh, I don't wear jeans. No, Ian does not not That's, wear jeans. That's not the not only thing he so wears. Is you say
2: do wear yeah, jeans? I am done with this.
1: Um, <laughs> so you kind of brought up Scotland. So you're who? Well, before I jump to that part <laughs> of the ocean, we are moving uh, quick. Well, what else am I supposed to? Do? I don't. You're fine. Um, who? I'm, I'm writing stuff down. Who's your family? Um. Like what members? What do they do? Uh, pretty much that's what. Who are your family? What do they do? Um, all right. Before I
2: get into my immediate family, my family is very large because my dad is one to twelve. Um, so I have 22 aunts and uncles, 25 cousins, that all live, don't name them. And they, I'm not. The family can spread you out,
1: actually though? I
2: can, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so they're spread out between Texas, Ohio, Arizona, California, and Washington. Um, yeah, so that's my dad's side. My dad, Fernando, he was born in Aguascalientes, Mexico, which is about an hour and a half north of Mexico City. Could um, move to Mexicali and then moved to Borrego Springs, which is out in the um, Anza Borrego State Park out in the desert. And then he could move to Long Beach after he was a – well, he's a fireman. And after he worked in Borrego Springs, he applied up and down the coast – in California to between San Diego, Santa Monica, Long Beach, um, and eventually got a job with Long Beach where he works now. Um, my mom is from Dundee, Scotland. Um, Leslie, as everybody likes to say, but um, yeah, so, um, she was born in Dundee, lived there for 25 years, got her um, nursing license there, um, and then worked in and then moved to originally to Odessa, Texas, which is the town next to Midland we so, where Friday Night Lights is. Yeah, it's exactly where the, the movie, movie Friday no, the Night, Night Lights I know the TV. Yeah.
0: I, I know you know. <laughs>
2: yeah, it so, yeah right. it's where the movie Friday Night Lights is based out of. She was there for 18 months and then moved here to Long Beach, and the only reason she came to Long Beach is because her uncle was a captain on a container ship, and he whenever he was in Long Beach, my mom would go and stay on the ship when they were docked for a couple of days. Which is how she ended up out here, and then she got a job at Long Beach Memorial, where she currently works now. And um, before I get into my sister, their story of how they met, real quick, it's short, sweet, kind of funny. So the Long Beach Fire Department used to do a chili cook-off every single year, and my mom um, knew some of my dad's current crewmates before my dad knew them. So my mom was got invited by some of her um, old nursing buddies that um I worked the word paramedics in the fire fire department at that point, and she went and my dad was there because he was i think it was a firefighter still at that point um so he my dad was just walking around my mom was sitting on a cooler. And my dad walked up to my mom saying, hey, you are going to sit there and look pretty or are you going to get me a beer? And my mom said, I'm going to sit here and look pretty. And they went out later that night. My mom went to Scotland for two weeks and they didn't talk. And then when they got back, they started dating, got married like, two I years later. I love Leslie so much. Get, yeah, oh got married two years gosh. later. And then you're now – Um, and then, like, this idiot. <laughs>
0: get your own beer. Get on my
2: yeah. face. Yeah, so that's how they met. Oh, um, And then – um, I have a sister, Madison. She is 18 months younger than me, currently 19. Um, she is also at Grand Canyon University studying political law.
4: It changes it every is, few months. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's something to do with politics and law right now. So she wants to either be a lawyer or um, work on a campaign, but she eventually wants to end up in the White House working somewhere there. So yeah, she's got big goals. Um, that's our family. We have a dog, Boris. He's turning 11 on Friday. He's very old. Um only oh, yeah.
1: give him a box of treats.
2: Yeah, big old <laughs> bores. And then, um, my mom's family in Scotland. She's one of she's the only, she's an only child. So I have no first cousins, but second cousins, and I guess do say great, like second and third cousins for my aunts. I call them my aunts and uncles. Anyways, um, easier that way. Yeah. So I have well over 40 or 50 cousins out there, as well as too many aunts and uncles to count. So. Yeah, I have a very large family, so I'm used to big Thanksgivings, big Christmas parties, and so, yeah.
0: I wonder what that was like for your mom to just have this only child existence, and then all of a sudden she has a husband and 12
4: siblings.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing was, she was used to it, because my grandpa on my mom's side was one of nine, and my grandma was one of twelve. Holy that Moses. Might, that might have been flipped. So, she had 50, 60 cousins as well as 30, 40 aunts. Never mind. She
0: knew exactly but, what yeah, she's she's a,
2: she she's used to big family gatherings, which is why she fit in perfectly with my dad's family. Yeah, big families, she's used to it. I'm used to it. It's what I like.
1: Wowzers. Yeah. Yeah, um, his mom is, like, one of the best ladies that I know, <laughs> and she'll hopefully be on this show one day, and you guys will understand how Incredible, and entertaining she is, and her accent is one in a million. Which and I do not hear. Which is mind-baffling to me is that you don't hear, because your dad also has a little bit of one too. Which so it's really I do not funny to me either. that you don't hear them because they both have accents. and it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> right, bummer. Like, the, can't you tell that they both have like ac- accents? Yes. And <laughs> it's so weird to me that they don't hear. I wonder. Actually, I haven't talked to Madison about that, but yeah, you, she
2: could, Madison can't hear them either. That's it's so awkward, weird, to obviously because we. Well, yeah, we grew up with it, so we don't really hear it, but other people can. And some of my friends out at college actually—they've told me that they can't understand my mom speaking, which completely so baffles my mind.
1: My, my, like first year, few years of our friendship, I had a hard time until, like, until I like got used to it pretty much. Yeah. And so it just takes a minute to get used to because she does talk fast and she has, does have a thick accent, so it. It's funny that way, and it's like, yeah, sometimes it's hard. And sometimes, like today even, she'll say like some things, and like, I'll look at Khalil to see if he can translate, and he can't. We're just like, yeah, we'll go with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess you just have to get used to it. I can understand yeah. it, especially over in Scotland where their accents are really strong. Mm-hmm. I can perfectly understand them, where could have, some people here wouldn't even know what they're – it sounds like they're speaking gibberish. They wouldn't even understand what they're saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Your dad's whole family is here now, right? Yeah, they're all here.
2: um so my grandpa, who passed away about 10 years ago, he was actually born in on the island of Samoa up in Northern California. Off, oh. It's right – there's like a little channel between the town of Eureka and Samoa. It might be a peninsula or an island. I'm not sure. But he was born there and then moved back down to Mexico afterwards and where he met my grandma in Aguascalientes and 11 of my 12 – or 10 of my 11 dad's siblings – were born down in Mexico. The only one was my youngest aunt who was born in Borrego Springs. So, yeah. So, 11 out of the 12 of them were born down in Mexico.
0: I didn't know there was a Samoa in California. Yeah. It's, it's a so, peninsula. Either. It's a
2: long straight, pretty much. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, basically a small island in Northern California or peninsula. Right
1: next to Eureka. Yep. Eureka. Right across
2: the bay. Which reminds me of the uh, fourth grade... Uh, the did tour around California yeah. or whatever.
1: Why? Because it would be easier for you to see where it says Samoa. Why oh, did you turn way. it sideways?
2: Why yeah, did you I keep it like, north-south?
0: Why is the oh. ocean north?
2: We're looking at a map of it on Jake's phone. He decided to turn the map so yeah. that the ocean was on top instead of keeping I it was
1: north confused. upward. I did what I did. There's no going back.
0: I mean, I fixed it. But so. <laughs> so he did go back.
1: Um, so you are a counselor at Green Oak. Can you tell us about that? Like what's some of your favorite memories from it? What's some of your um how long have you been do- why? How long <laughs> have you been doing it? How long have you been part of uh the Green Oak family?
2: Um so I started I can't remember what age I was when I started going to Green Oak. Um the most vivid memories of being a camper was my last year when we had to have two cabins because there was, like, 17 kids. There was <laughs> more. There were like 20 was, of us. Yeah, or there was about 20 of us with Mike Stone, um, Smiley, and I can't remember who the other two were. Was it Patrick Boyker? Was mm-hmm. our other CA or... No, our Smil- CA's... Saying
0: Smiley is funny because we have a friend whose last name is Smiley. Yeah. And I yeah. know this other guy named yeah. Matt who went by Smiley. Yeah. So,
1: well, but um, you guys didn't know Chuck. Our CA's so. were Andy Whitbeck and... I want to say his name was also Michael, and he – was it Platt? The Platt's older brother. Michael
2: Platt. Yeah. That's, yeah. I okay.
1: Him and
2: Andy. Yeah. So that week was really fun because activities, we had to be split up. and we were a crap ton of us sleeping in two cabins because mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Um, as a CA, gosh, I worked with field games. That group at field games in my first year was really, really fun. So it was myself, Ian Nielsen, Katie Feller, Morgan Davis, and Simone Perry.
1: What is field games?
2: Um, So field games is one of the activities that my mom runs now. It's basically – they have slip and slides, volleyball, um, water balloon tosses, just a bunch of different activities on the field at Green Oak. And so I worked that whole week with that group, and it was a whole lot of fun. Um, and then I got moved into cabin. I can't remember after how many years. I think it was after one year being a CIA, I got moved into a cabin. And then I became a counselor, and Jake and I were actually co-counselors first year, which was – Your journey. first year. My. Yeah. My first year His what? Third, third year? Third. Yeah. And that was the same time as the Olympics were going on in Rio, so we were the Olympians for Christ. That was a lot of fun. And then um, Khalil, who's going to probably be on the show soon – um, him and I have been co-counselors for the, the last two years and will be probably for this next summer. And it's a lot of fun working with him, and we've had a bunch of different CAs, which have all turned out great. And so being a counselor, um, it's a lot more responsibility because you're looking after you're – like you're in charge of these kids for the whole week. So it's brought. – I've had to like really step up and be a leader in that. So basically one of it's like playing good cop, bad cop. Khalil will usually play the good cop and I'll play the bad cop with the kids. I'm more the one that's more strict, sets the rules, um, and Khalil, Khalil will enforce the rules as well because we have to to take care of these kids. But I'm more of the stern, strict one. But it's overall, it, it's not as bad as it sounds. We still have fun with the kids, and it's a lot of fun interacting with Do them and, <laughs> and teaching them. And um, actually, uh, leading the Bible studies, I really like, especially this last summer. Um, back in August, the kids this year were really intrigued with the Bible studies that I did, and they were asking questions all the time, like why this, why this, what is this, um how does this work? And like that was the entire week, all four days that we did the Bible studies, which was really cool. And um I'm also on the praise and worship team at Green Oak, which is a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do. Cause I play multiple instruments, my two main are guitar and saxophone. Um, but playing guitar at camp, it's a lot of fun, especially on Friday nights when we go up to the cross, it's a lot of fun. Cause we just go up there, listen to pastor Phil, give a message. There's testimonies. We do communion and then we just do praise and worship for, I think it was two and a half hours this last year. It was a long time, but it was, a, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole week of
1: camp. Very good. Um, Another question that just kind of popped up in my head is um, for a while you always talked about your obsession with Texas. Oh, yeah. What started your obsession with Texas, and (laughs) do you still see yourself moving to it eventually?
2: Um, Moving to it eventually, yes. I can completely see myself moving to Texas after I finish grad school, um, probably at Cal State Long Beach. So eventually I do want to move there. For me, it's – it's quieter it's slower the overall from what I've experienced the people are nicer and it's like the it's the lifestyle that I like to live more relaxed just more more conservative just it's the way I am my mindset but yeah I like the people out there the barbecue is absolutely amazing there's no better place to get barbecue um, all the big trucks and cars, because I do want an F-250 eventually. So you just see like literally truck after truck after truck going up and down the I-35.
1: Did you see the video of the F-150 and the Cybertruck up against each other, and the Cybertruck won? No,
3: I did not, and yep. I'm
1: not going to watch it now. <laughs> but it that's just like against a, the like
3: F- F-150. And it they had a drive they had a rope tying each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they had a rope tying And, a a cyber rope, and the yeah. Cybertruck destroyed it. <laughs> like it was wild.
2: Well, good for Elon Musk. But I want an F250, <laughs> not an F150. I want a Cybertruck. Oh my gosh, That thing looks like a freaking warthog from Halo. That's why it's, I want it. It hasn't rendered yet. That's yeah, that hasn't rendered yet. It Looks all pixelated. But yeah, I eventually do want to move there. Just just because I I really like it out there. I don't mind the heat or um, the humidity. But I also have family out there, so that we don't get to see very often with um, two of my little second cousins. They're eight and one. Yeah, just she just turned one. So yeah, young cousins out there that I want to eventually see with a lot, or see a lot. Can't not very good at English. Um, but yeah. So just at this point right now, come home for a couple years, do grad school, go to Texas eventually, and out there either hopefully work with the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers, um, the Houston Texans, or with the University of Texas in Austin, or Texas Christian in Fort Worth.
1: Um, one of your your minor is in coaching. Do you see yourself coaching anytime soon?
2: Yes, I would. I would like to coach football or and or baseball next year. I still need to see if that's an option, but um, yeah, either that or coaching Pop Warner with uh, Mister James Reeves. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I do eventually want to coach. And if I could make coaching a career, I would because I like the I like the responsibility of coaches having to put in all this extra work, influence. Um, Teenagers and college age kids, and teach them what it's like to be a good athlete, but also teach them what it's like to be good individuals, productive individuals, how to face adversity, and learning that through sport, which is what I did, and learning that through football. Um, I learned a lot of life lessons how to, uh, teamwork especially, how to lose, how to deal with losing, and um, just having a strong work ethic and just um, dealing with um, circumstances that come your way and um, how to get through them and how to deal with them. Um, in a good effective way and I like to I would like to teach that to um, young athletes and people so they could because it's my coach has really inspired me to do that and I want to pass that on to kids in the future
1: very good you wear boots almost every day yes I do um when yeah when did that start and what brand of boots do you like
2: Good. Um, I, I'm currently wearing Ariat's. They are comfy, and I've had them for almost two years now, and they are amazing. They, yeah, they're super comfy. They last a long time. I can wear them in whatever type of weather I want to, especially rain. My feet do not get wet. The fact wet. that I
0: just had to write down in my notes boots.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it all basically the whole Texas thing. Um. I started from that, and I'm like, huh. Maybe boots will be comfy, and I tried them on, and they were some of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn.
1: So The only time he doesn't wear boots is when he's wearing shorts or some trunks, and then I feel like he still wants to, but he knows how ridiculous that <laughs> yeah. would look. No, I wouldn't wear them without jeans. I
2: always, I always only wear them with jeans, and being cold right now, and especially in the desert, it's a lot colder than it is here for school. I will wear them most mornings because I have 7 a.m. classes next semester, and it's in mm-hmm. the 40s. So, yeah, they keep me warm. They keep me dry.
1: Thinking of you having to wake up for 7 a.m. classes, that's just – that's, like, not – yeah, I'm like, not looking no, forward to it. That does not make sense it, to me. It's
2: difficult, and I'm not looking forward to it.
1: Ian and his sister are both very heavy sleepers, and they sleep for a very long time. Yeah, my sister more <laughs> they than They're like bears. They hibernate. Yeah, I can – I. Can there was one on week in tough. the summer I don't think I saw Madison because she didn't leave her room.
2: <laughs> yeah, she sleeps a lot. She hibernates. As I'll put it simply. She likes to hibernate.
1: So my next question is um growing up in a growing up in only private schools do you in a way Kind of regret it in a way because you don't see as many walks of life, or do you think that that was the best opportunity for you?
2: Um, for me, growing up, I think it was best for me. I don't regret it at all. I do like where how I grew up. My parents were absolutely amazing, um especially when I was younger. Because if those of you that don't know, I have a very mild form of Tourette's, which doesn't come out very often. If you, It's very hard to notice, but people that are close to me do know that I have it. And so growing up in private school, I was diagnosed with that in sixth grade, and it's gotten a whole lot better since then. So now, um, looking back at it, I'm very happy that they kept me in private school because I was able to learn how to how to deal with them, how mm-hmm. to manage them, how to act appropriately in social situations, as well as how to control them and dampen them enough where I can actually be productive. And through that, um, I've... I've become – I've learned how to live with them, and it, it's actually – I view it now a big part of my personality is because of my threats I'm always um, – I like to do a lot of stuff. I'm active. I like to go do things, whether it's – good, I always have to be used to doing something. I like to do stuff. I like to stay active, do stuff a lot because that helps me. Um, not think about them so much, and as I've gotten older, it's just it's helped me a lot with not thinking about them. And so they are basically they're barely what they were in sixth grade. And so the biggest challenge with those was going from Los Altos in sixth grade to Valley Middle School in seventh grade, which that was the biggest transition because I didn't know and I barely knew anybody because mm-hmm. there's only five of us from Los Altos that went over to Valley, and so it was challenging making new friends. Um, getting to know new people, but it really helped me grow as a person to um, basically learn how to deal with them. And it, it made it pushed me a little bit to become more extroverted because I was really introverted. As a kid, I didn't really talk to anybody besides my classmates. When I was around strangers or anything, but it really helped me become extroverted and make me who I am today because I did have to, I was forced to talk to um, people that I didn't know and to become friends with them and get along with people and act. And, um, get used to being in big social situations. So it's helped me a lot. And then going into high school as well, playing football, it, um, forced me to do that even more because I'm trying to, I'm playing football. I'm learning new sports. My first time playing tackle football mm-hmm. in freshman year, um, I was meeting new people, new coaches. So it really forced me to get me out of my shell, which I'm very thankful for now. And then going to Grand Canyon University, it's, um, it's not like as like, Like, there's more different walks of life, a lot more. It's basically like any public university. It's not specifically a Christian campus, but we do teach from a Christian point of view in Mm -hmm. all of our classes. And so just with that, it's, again, teaching me how to – um, interact with, um, more students, interact with people, because I am in the pep band. I'm in, uh, the saxophone section leader and on the leadership team for that. So, made, that's made me, um, gain a lot of leadership experience, um, and how to deal with different conflicts and issues that people, um, bring to me. And so I learned how to deal with that. And then also talking with my professors and volunteering at different, um, Events for um, sports business with the Coyotes and basketball games at GCU. I've now learned how to act in a, a professional setting, which is good for me. And I realize now that I can act in a professional setting. The first time I did it, I was really nervous because I've never had to act with complete strangers, or I've never had to deal with complete strangers before. Mm-hmm. And now I realize, okay, I am. I can act with act with um, individuals that I don't know, get along with them, direct them and um, help them with whatever problems or anything that they have. And so now realize, and going with uh, sports business as my major, I can actually do this, and I can be effective in doing the work that I have to
1: do. Good. Um, So for another question is, uh, your transition from playing Pop Warner to tackle football means you were a position that didn't necessarily – Hit someone. What was your biggest change?
2: Yeah. Um. So it was flag football, not pop born, because pop born is tackle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So going from non-tackling football to tackle football. Um. I was one of the bigger kids growing up. Mm-hmm. I always was. Um. So naturally, they put me at line. And in middle school, flag football at Valley, we actually had to block mm-hmm. like somewhat for flag football. So that was like the first like.
1: Yeah, I think middle school is like when you start actually having to. Yeah.
2: Block. So we were actually at the lineup as a lineman. So um it's it started with that i could learn the basic alignment techniques and then actually putting pads and a helmet on in summer before freshman year it was really interesting because i've never worn mm. pads and a helmet before and so it was just the weight of the helmet it was like five or six pounds so getting used to that getting used to um like working with teammates because instead of three up front there's five up front now of us full line and so just learning how to operate with that was challenging at first. My first year, I didn't do very good. I got the starting job a few games into the season. And then sophomore year is when I really took off. Um, got I got really good with uh, my technique, so much so that I was pulled up to the varsity team. At one point, because they had so many injuries, me and my um, football teammate, Eric Schoonover, we were both pulled up. I actually got to play the whole game, which was challenging. It was so much faster. Than what JV was, and they always say like going up a level, it's so much faster. And oh my gosh, my mind was in a complete blur. I had no idea what was going on. The D ends and D tackles were like coming up super fast on this side, and then they would come on my right side, go on either side. And so it took me a while to get used to that. And then by my junior year, it started getting a little bit, a little bit slower, a little bit more used to it. But I got concussion and I was out after three games unfortunately. And then my senior year, everything it was like, it was super slow. It was slow. I understood everything. By that time, I had gotten my technique down really good. Our line had been playing together for three years at that point. So at that point, I I was able to understand everything and actually learn through watching film and watching through different techniques and patterns that defensive players did. I was able to keep that in my mind and um, able to be effective at right guard. And they used me specifically as a um, not only as a regular guard, but I was a pulling guard. So on mm-hmm. reverse plays and pulling plays, I would switch between right and left guard. If I was pulling left, I'd play right guard. If I was pulling right, I'd play um, left guard. And so they, I was really good for that because I was the smallest lineman that we had at six feet, 200-something <laughs> pounds. I was a, our line was pretty big, but um, I was able to do that because I was able to get behind um, the center, and I was able to block people out. So our run game was really good my senior year. Or, Running back, Geo Hurd, combined with uh, Quaid Kawana, we set multiple records, including a playoff game against uh, Templeton High School, where Gio scored seven or eight touchdowns and had 250-plus yards of rushing, close to 300. He was yeah. insanely good. Yeah, that game was ridiculous. And then that was And then credit to the rest of the line as well for a stretch from the first game I was back, which was St. Anthony. Um, so the game after that, I can't remember who we were playing, but to the through the Templeton game, it was like seven games. Jesse didn't get sacked once. We went seven games without letting Jesse get sacked. That's a credit to how good our offensive line was and how like in sync we were with each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And we were able to get 100 plus rushing yards every single game for the entire season. So it was it it was challenging growing up and learning how to do that, but um actually seeing all those accomplishments that we were able to do it it's, it's i'm very proud of myself for being able to do that and proud of my teammates because we're able to accomplish something that is actually gonna is actually written down in the like the handouts they have at valley games it's like oh this record was set in 2015 i'm like okay i was a part of that i was able to block for geo getting all this yard. so yeah it was difficult but it was rewarding at the same time
1: nice um if GCU had a team would you have tried to play or yes
2: i would have tried to play so i also long snapped in high school and so GCU would have would be a division 1 football team like low fcs
4: mm-hmm.
2: um division 1 so i would not have gone out for as a lineman because i would be too small Really too small and I didn't didn't like playing center that much. I really enjoyed playing guards and usually the shortest p- person on the line mm-hmm. is center but um I would would have gone out for a long snapper, so I would have um, done long snapping for punts and field goals and I was really good at that in high school as well, so that's probably what I would have gone out as for um football it would be a long snapper. but unfortunately, we don't have a football team because mm-hmm. it's a hundred plus million dollars to start one and yeah. we don't have the proper facilities to um, accommodate a football team.
1: What is – so on the subject of GCU, what is your favorite thing that you've experienced at GCU? What's the best thing about it in your opinion? favorite
2: thing about GCU? Um, The fact that I – no matter who I talk to or who I meet on campus, everybody is – seems like a genuinely good person, and so mm-hmm. meeting me meet, doing with pet band doing a lot of basketball games i 'm interacting with a lot of people a lot especially in my business classes where we have to do presentations and um, projects with other people that we may not know maybe it 's just for the whole semester or it 's just one project don 't know but i'm um, the, everybody there seems like a genuinely good person, and they're really everybody 's really easy to get along with, um, especially the professors the professors because um, there's like the stereotype that professors like in big public universities just want to like just teach and don't really care i feel like the well at least the professors i've had actually genuinely do care Mm -hmm. how um you are doing especially my professor right now rick roth he's um he's really been a guiding help of like getting me to proper internships interviews and like the right process of where i want to go as well as helping with resumes and cover letters so he's really been helping a lot of help and the business school in general everybody's really helpful With no matter what, if you're staying in Phoenix or if you're trying to go somewhere else, they genuinely help you and want you to succeed, which is a nice relief from what I was expecting in college.
0: Very good. Um, Jacob, do you have any questions? (laughs) I like that every time he answers very good. That very was good. Good, <laughs> good job. It was yeah. Yeah. Way to go. It was it was great I it well. Way to go.
1: Next time I won't say it, I guess.
0: <laughs> I do want to point out that earlier I was sitting further back than normal, and I elbowed the wall a couple times pretty <laughs> solidly. <laughs> and the fact that there isn't a hole in the wall is good. That would be very concerning
1: if you put a hole in the wall. Doesn't that go right to Phil's bathroom? Yep. That'd be terrible. Yeah, because it doesn't look too thick of a wall. <laughs>
0: no. I've you really went a lot of directions.
1: Is that an issue?
0: I've in one way, but it's not. <laughs>
1: I asked the questions that came to mind.
0: Uh, yes, you did. Is that the extent of uh, your?
1: I mean, I'll probably have more eventually, but I kind of want break from talking. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I would like to say that what you're majoring in sports management all that is what I want to major in so that was pretty cool to hear your perspective on that
2: yeah it's a it's a lot of hard work
4: um, don't
3: <laughs>
2: the biggest um, thing that's challenging me right now is finding internships and opportunities mm-hmm. it's really difficult to get in because it's a very small world in sports business it's about who you know Not you have to know what you're doing but it's mainly about who you know yeah. and your reputation so as soon as you get that first internship it's usually easier to um, get other internships because yeah they have all the um, executives and managers for each team have connections to each other. because It's a very very small world because if you think about professionally there's only 30 teams in the MLB, 32 in the um, NFL. So it's really about who you know and then it can lead you to eventually get bigger better jobs. And that also depends on if you want to stay in one specific area, specific area of the country or if you want if you're willing to move. -hmm. Um, To other areas of the country, which I am willing to move, and so that opens up your opportunities. That opens up more opportunities for you because they see that you're willing to relocate and do different things and go places that
0: you wouldn't expect other people to go. Mm -hmm. Since you're not talking, did you want your pie now?
1: Oh no, it's okay. (laughs) I I also just read the notes and where you put turrets. I I read turrets. I'm like, wait, (laughs) you wasn't talking about turrets? What do you mean? Yes,
0: I have turrets. (laughs) Not really. To be fair, I don't know if I spelled that correctly. I don't. I think he did. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we're not publishing our notes. No. Um. (laughs) So, uh, why? Did you pick GCU? Like how many places did you apply to? Did you know you were going there? Why did GCU come out on top? I applied to one place, and that was GCU. I got accepted to one place, which was GCU. Um,
2: yeah, so I didn't exactly know where I wanted to go for college. I was thinking, okay, I'll do Cal State Long Beach, but yeah. it was really impacted, so it was really somewhere I didn't want to go. Um, I knew I wanted to move away far enough away from home where I had independence, but close enough where I could come back if I absolutely needed to. Um, So my mom and I, my junior year of high school, on the first two days of spring break, we took a quick trip out to Phoenix. We drove back. We drove out one night, came back the next afternoon. And I took a tour of GCU. I was like, I don't really want to go take a tour or anything. I don't, I don't want to drive out because we have family at the house as well. I it's like, I just want to hang out with the family. But my mom's like, Come on, come on, let's go. I it's like, Okay, fine. And so the next, um, that was on a Friday. On the Saturday, we took the tour. And I, for some reason, I just felt completely calm about going to GCU, and I was really excited about going. And I knew I wanted to go there. That was before I found out they had sports management. And after I found that, I'm like, Okay, I'm going here. It's made up. I'm not gonna apply anywhere else. So I applied to one school, got into GCU, and that's brings to to me now.
0: Why was GCU even on the radar? Initially? Um
2: it was because of Haley Garcia. She um her mom, uh Miss Garcia, Laura Garcia, she told us about the school. I like that you
0: were really uncomfortable saying Laura. I know it's
2: kinda it's kinda weird of always calling her Mrs. Garcia. Um so she um her daughter Haley um it was a year older than I am. Uh, she went to the school, and so she was already out there, and she said, oh, yeah, just go take a tour. Haley really likes it. And so that's what really pushed us to go out there. And so it's pretty much thanks to the Garcias that I went out to JCU and didn't go anywhere else.
0: So, like, even local stuff, Biola, CBU? No. I toured Biola C-
2: once cause I didn't – like, it was really expensive. Um. It was good, still close to home. It was – with housing, it was kind of tough because mm-hmm. it's only about 30 minutes from here. But it's like, do I really want to drive that far every single yeah. day or do I want to live on campus? So, And GCU is far enough, and we have, family, uh, we have family in Phoenix, so that also helps with just in case anything happens.
1: And GCU is cheaper.
2: Yeah, and GCU is very cheaper. With um, scholarships, I do have it cheaper than high school. so Which okay. is wild. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't think I realized that GCU was a public.
2: Yeah, so it's been really tricky with the nonprofit, for-profit situation. Because the school was going into bankruptcy in 2004, I think. And so they had to switch to for-profit so they could um, raise money to stay afloat. And then last year they went back to nonprofit. And we got approved for it. But then the Department of Education said that we weren't. Nonprofit, so we're back to for-profit and then like two days later they said we weren't non so I think we're non- we are non nonprofit now so we can um, get involved with the research be a research school and um, get federal funding but yeah it's been a kind of controversial but the school itself hasn't changed that at all except yeah. for that
0: um the idea of independence it intrigues me because I never felt the need for that um Mostly because I was independent even though I was living at home. So I like, had that. So how – what did that desire feel like? Why did you feel like you needed it? Like did you feel like, oh, I got to get out of here. I can't be here. I got to go. Or like what – like on the spectrum of where – why was that such a big part of your decision making?
2: Yeah. Um. So I I wasn't – I was nowhere near sheltered as a kid. But it's just because – I was my parents were involved in my life, not in a bad way, but in a good way. They were always involved in my life, which I'm very thankful for now. Growing up the way I did, but um, I for me it's like the like for me the next step of maturing and growing up. I had to leave for a little bit, and so going out to college, living on my own, learning how to take care of myself, um, it was a big step of me growing up and how to actually be an adult, functioning mm-hmm. proper adult in the world. So it really pushed me that next step, like going to a new school in seventh grade, more football in high school, and then leaving, going to another state and go to college where I didn't really know many people again. Um, so just like it keeps like putting myself out there, meeting new people continually, like going one step further than I thought mm-hmm. I would be able to. And just like because push, I realized pushing myself is how I learn and how I Better myself is just getting new experiences, meeting new people, and going beyond what limits I thought that I had.
0: Um, that's good. <laughs>
1: um, interrupting. Um, so, your sister also goes to GCU. Is that – how like, – did you kind of feel like she's just following in your footsteps, or do you like that she came out there with you, or – How's that for you?
2: Um, so she originally did not want to go to Arizona at all. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> did not want to go, so but she eventually went out there. I like having her out there because it's the same um out there as it is here. We all have the same friends. We're, we we mm-hmm. hang out a lot. My sister and I are close, so um I'm thankful that she's out there. We hang out with the same people. Um, basically we rely on each other for a lot of things. I like drive her everywhere, hmm. um, and help her through stuff as well. She keeps me on track and instead of getting distracted by, whatever, like just not doing my work. So it's a it's a positive on positive. She's able to push me, and I'm able to push her and do um do our work. And so she it's a constant encouragement as well for both of us Good. that we're both out there, and it's easier on my parents as well. So yeah. they only have to go to one place instead of driving two parts of the country or flying somewhere else. Yeah. Is there any negatives to it? Um, not really. Yeah, there's not really any negatives besides her wanting to leave, like, an hour before church on Sundays, and I don't really want to get up that early. (laughs) I want to leave, like, half an hour before, so besides that, there's Um, nothing really
1: Clarification, his church is, like, 45 minutes away from the school. Yeah, so so I'm
2: I'm in West Phoenix, and the church is all the way North Scottsdale, so if you think about it, it's on the other – if you don't know the layout of Phoenix, it's basically on the other corner from where I am.
1: It's like if we were to drive to, like, Huntington Beach Pier.
2: It's longer than that. From your
1: house. It's like driving
2: to Fullerton from here.
1: I don't know about that. Fullerton's not too bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to your regularly scheduled questions. (laughs)
0: Uh, I was writing them down as we were going, and I was trying to put them in an order that was manageable. Um, (laughs) You can just say that. Ian's going to take a break real quick, and yeah. we're going to talk about something else briefly. Yeah, I'll be um, back in a few minutes. <laughs> um, I don't think they need that much detail. <laughs> um, should we have Owen be like a mini guest?
1: Sure. Ooh, fun. Quick commercial break.
0: Um, I don't even know what to Why have don't a short conversation about. I don't know what. Who is
1: Owen? That's me.
3: Well, that's not fun. No, I mean it's like – It's more fun for
0: him to be a mystery.
1: Okay,
3: never mind. Ooh. But
0: then you so, can't really ask a lot of questions. You yeah. can just ask him random questions that have nothing okay. with his life and um, come back and be a real guest someday.
1: Well, I mean I can talk about like high school and stuff.
0: No, that's oh, too – no, ask some of your weird random questions Okay. So we can have um, a conversation about that.
1: If you had <laughs> – if you had ten thousand dollars and you could not invest and you could not give away the money to charity or anything like that, what would you buy, like top off your head right now?
3: Um, probably okay. Top off my head, some video games. Which um, ones? I don't know. Whatever's hot at the time. You know, PS, I play PS Four, so whatever's. You have a problem with that? Okay, yeah. You know, we just get past that. Um, I think. Well, you said I can't invest, and I can't what? I can't invest? You can't give it away. It's can't like it a charity or your parents. It's your yeah. spending.
0: You have to spend the money.
3: I, am I allowed to save it? Save no. some of it? Some I just said you have to spend the asked. money. I just asked. Typical high school student okay, that doesn't asked. listen. Oh, what? Okay. Um,
0: See, I and mean, then you just said what?
3: Uh, just
4: Go
0: ahead.
3: Probably buy some video games. Probably...
0: Um, that's like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Nine
3: thousand
4: eight hundred left. Of all
3: of it on video games. Um, I would probably buy maybe a new phone. Um, even though I have a pretty good phone, I'd buy I'd buy a MacBook. I would like to have a MacBook because currently I have two school Chromebooks. One
1: that's two. Do you like glue them together? Well, like, no. Because <laughs> I have one right from my
3: it. high school currently that they gave me that it's under like the high school restrictions, and then one from my middle school when I was at private school for one year. So that's the one i currently use because it not on score restrictions. But i probably buy myself a MacBook, maybe some Beats, um, probably, uh, just some new new stuff, new headset. My headset's pretty old, uh, and yeah, maybe maybe a Hydro Flask. I just lost mine, so. Oof.
1: We almost. <laughs> Should we talk about the one you uh you almost uh.
0: from Milliken. <laughs> <laughs> Jake just censored the word stole <laughs> <laughs> you, you can
1: uh we were at um the the talent oh Ian's back the Ian's talent back. show for Mr. Griffin and bomber saw hydro flash was on the floor and it was not been we were at, at Mr Ram
0: that's what I said you did not
1: I said the talent show.
0: Mis- and you, you said, said Mr. Mr. Griffin. Griffin.
1: Oh shoot, Mr. Griffin was the last <laughs> one, which is cool too. Um, so, ah, uh, man, we saw a hydro flash just on the floor, and no one touched it for like 20 to 30 minutes. And Bomber's like, I want to take it, and then he didn't. So good job. Your conscience weighed in heavy enough that you didn't take it.
0: That wasn't what was weighing me down.
1: Well, you should have continued to say it
0: did. It was, it was the idea that there were like people around who were going to watch me just go pick up a hydro and walk <laughs> away again. If the area would have been clear, I would have gone. But there were people, and I didn't want to be judged or accused or uh, out Finders anymore. keepers. That's not a thing.
3: That's why I don't have a hydro right now. Losers <laughs> <Lister's> because <leafers. laughs> I left it somewhere and someone took it. I think. Well, that's on you. Do you know where you left it? No.
0: Oof. Well, even
3: just I don't know where I was looking for it, and I was like, "Hey, mom, do you know where my hydro flask went?" She's like, "You mean my hydro flask?" I'm like, "It was yours. You gave it to me, and now it's
1: gone." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so Ian. Yes. Ian's back. Yes, I'm back. Bomber, go back to your questions. <laughs>
0: um. Well, the conversation I really want to have is about Tourette's. Oh so. yeah. Um. So, you said that that got diagnosed in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I was not under that impression, and I don't know why. I was under the impression that you acquired it. That is not the word that I wanted to use. <laughs> but, because <laughs> um, I couldn't think of the other Wait, words. There's so
1: many around my neck.
4: <laughs>
0: this is one of those times where I wish there was video somewhere <laughs> yeah. so that you people camera? could see what is going on with Jake. Because <laughs> out of all the cords that are in the room in general, there are only... Two by Jake, and there's only yeah. one that's actually in the way, and somehow he managed to get entangled around his whole body and his head, and it it's like was like wrapped
3: three times around his head.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I thought I was going
4: to choke at that. It's on your
0: forehead. What a mess. Oh man, alright, forehead. Alright, we're gonna pretend like I started this question now. Um, so I was under the impression that you diagnosed. Well, that might be a good acquired. No. Weird. It's that Achieved. Achieved. You were, that this affliction happened as a result of playing football and concussions, um, which seemed reasonable. So maybe I just created that logic in my head and went with it because I BS a lot of stuff and usually it sounds good. Um, so what? How? Um, so That's not a good way to <laughs> say, ask the question. <laughs> I really funny. tried. I really <laughs> tried to formulate that in a professional way, and that then at like the earlier. end I just got to. <laughs> Yeah, no, was like so, years,
1: like, why?
4: No. yeah,
2: so you don't get them because of concussions. Um, they actually don't know why it happens. They haven't found out some some way the brain fires cause that one part of the brain. I can't remember what it is. Overfires a lot, so they don't actually know how like what sets it off. But it's very common in kids with put that have tubes in their ears when they're younger, which I did. So it, I, they think it's something related to that, but they're not entirely sure.
0: It's the pause. Tubes in your ears.
2: Um, I can't remember. It was a draining liquid or something. I, it happens a lot to babies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It so, I'm gonna, wasn't oh.
0: a permanent. No, gonna, it was it like was a, it
2: was a temporary a, thing when okay. I was like two or three. I'm gonna, yeah, because oh, just a quick story of that. So I was I was actually born deaf and dumb. <laughs> I, is that well, here's still that is the guy dumb. Proper, <laughs> that is not
3: the proper way to say it. Is that not the proper way to no. say No. I mean, I take ASL, and they, that's like one of the ways that they, talk, they tell us not to say deaf and dumb.
0: Oh, good. well, that's the way I've always well, heard it. Well, clearly,
3: he's still a little dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways. Me, me laughing at that is highly inappropriate. <laughs> But your delivery was just so <laughs> deadpan that I just could not not laugh. Anyways, that's the way. Whatever. Um, I
2: yeah. So I was deaf and I couldn't talk. Like I didn't. Like, I cried like you a little did baby bit. baby noise? No, I did not baby noise when I was younger, <laughs> and I couldn't hear much. So. Shut up. Let him talk. <laughs> I want to hear yeah, this. So part of the reason – well, part of the reason was to – I think was to drain fluid for the tubes in my ears, but also so that they could restore my hearing, which they did. And I actually had to take speech therapy when I was three four or five years old. I didn't actually start talking till I was three years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't really make many sounds because initially I couldn't hear. So obviously I have so,
0: so when you said – Deaf and dumb. Yeah. Dumb being mute.
2: Yeah, mute. That's it. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Mute. Yeah. I was deaf and mute when I was born. I'm just making So cry. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. So yeah, I didn't really, I couldn't hear anything for a little bit, which is why I didn't really cry or make a lot of noises. According was, to
0: adults, because yeah. you don't remember. The yeah. Ideas. No.
2: Yeah. According to my parents, I didn't make a lot of noises. In the,
0: Based on the, your memory, you've yeah. always been able to hear and <laughs> talk. Yes.
2: Yes. And obviously <laughs> last I Last time I checked. A, uh, yeah. Last time I checked, I can hear and talk. Maybe. Um, but yeah. So growing up, that was like my first like challenge mm-hmm. in life was doing that, which I barely remember any of it. I remember some of the speech tutoring, but besides that, it's I don't have very many memories of that. Um, so going back to the Tourette's, so mm-hmm. they they diagnose it usually about ten because twelve, which was I was twelve in sixth grade, so it was good. Uh, about that time. And so they, I didn't really understand it until about eighth grade, freshman year, maybe seventh grade a little bit. I didn't really understand like, oh, this is like, this is Tourette's. You don't, you have to, it can be really, really bad or it can be really mild. And luckily I have a very mild version of it. It's completely manageable. It's nothing compared to what other people with Tourette's have. Um, so just learning how to, it was, it was tough. I'll say that in the short way. it was really tough learning how to deal with it when I was younger um so I, how
0: how did it how does it manifest if you explain it
2: um so basically it's like little involuntary like physical movements like shaking a head or like um like just making a sound or something, but that was a lot worse than it is now. And so through the years, I've learned how to manage it. Through I had went to a counselor for some help on how to um, deal with it. I take like I take medication once in a while for it. Um, but it's as I've gotten older, I've managed to learn how to. Uh, how to, like, handle it myself, but it did take a lot of time, a lot of patience, and a lot of help from my parents to learn how to deal with it, and it was, it was challenging at times, but it was, I'm I'm glad I had to grow up with it, because it really forced me, again, to, like, become more extroverted, deal with people, because I was in high school, I wasn't homeschooled at any point in my, um, in any point in schooling, and my parents weren't going to um homeschool me at any point um so i'm just i'm very thankful that i've i am the way that i am today and i, I credit that a lot to having stress and having to grow up quicker than like you would normally go like the average high school kid would or like deal more with than the average high school kid would because I had this and I had to learn how to control it, learn how to deal with it, learn how to manage it so that I could be, I could function appropriately in classes. And so it's really made me who I am today, just um, come overcoming those challenges. It was constant challenges. And so that's why today I view that I can, I know that I can overcome any challenges because I overcame this and this will probably be one of the most difficult things i ever did and or do in my entire life so just knowing i can do that it gives me the confidence to face any challenges whether they're um either with families um like um big settings um emotional situations with um like with my grandparents passing away in the last decade two of them passed away in the last decade so just dealing with that it's made me become i've grown up a lot faster and grown up a lot better because of it and i've learned how
0: to deal with the situations did it get diagnosed because the outward expression of it appeared? Or did, did something else happen before? I'm not entirely sure. I
2: haven't really asked my parents. All I could know is that it was diagnosed in sixth grade. I never even thought to ask of that.
0: So what's, like, your earliest memory of having it and being like, okay, I understand what – I understand that this is happening to me.
2: Um, it was, like, the first, like – Little like thing I like, I wasn't even aware of yeah. what it was, but it was like a head shaking in sixth grade. It was just a little bit of that, so I didn't. It was besides that, because that was like the first time I really noticed it. And then like the different the ticks come and go. Mm-hmm. It's like head shaking, verbal stuff, or body movements, or whatever. But it's for me, it's always been like they they've always been really subtle. And so um, it's just the more that they happen, it's like, okay, this is why I do this. So after, like, knowing why I – or, like, why I do these things, it's like, okay, I know why they happen, what it is. Okay, this is how we're going to deal with them. And we, we've always just taken it one at a time. When I was younger, it's like, okay, this one's coming up. Okay, we'll deal with it this way, and then it gets better. This one comes up, we'll deal with it this way. So it's just one after another, but the, as you get older, they always get – they always, like – get milder as you get older and mm-hmm. so you eventually um at least for me i've learned how to like okay this one's coming up once in a while just do this this and what this. do
0: you mean this one
2: like they like if it's a like a verbal noise or some type of like head movement it's like okay i do because they just some of them repeat now well they're mm-hmm. mostly repeated once. it's like okay it's like okay i do a shoulder roll or i may i just like start singing along or like create some type of song or something, just so that it like takes it takes my it distracts my brain from it, so that I don't keep doing it, so I break that um, cycle of wanting to do it. So it's just basically distracting your brain from doing it okay. and putting it towards somewhere else. So it's basically distracting yourself from doing it so it doesn't become a habit. And it's usually Rick. So it's it's basically just breaking habit. That's yeah. what it is.
0: But it takes it. you recognizing it as it's happening. Yeah, it to, takes you
2: recognizing it. You have to recognize it and then you have to figure out a oh, good deal to or a way to deal with it or change it and distract your brain from making that sound so it's something else.
1: Yeah, most of yours now are audible. Most of them are normally audible. Yeah, but then but like your mom and dad are really good at like catching you and trying to get you to stop. They're yeah. really good at that. Yeah,
2: they're really good with that and it's nowhere where it was.
1: Yeah. I gonna say like, was when I was younger a lot better. it's
2: yeah, it's very subtle. They're Barely noticeable now, especially when I'm out in social settings with people I don't know.
1: For when I notice them the most is like if you're a little nervous, you, you do yeah. a little more. That's about it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're mainly just nervous tics or excitement. Mm-hmm. It tends because the way my brain works, it confuses those two. I don't know yeah. why, but the I've learned how to control it more and more. So it's just like okay, it's just I'm getting getting like nervous or I'm getting excited, but it doesn't happen very often. For the nervous side, the excited part, yeah, but it's like I just I've learned to deal with it, and it's getting better and better as we go along.
0: So how? What exactly was the process of? Like you said, it made you more outgoing, and I feel like that type of thing would make somebody less outgoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you, you would, think. So so you've said it multiple times, but like how? you wrong. <laughs> what was the intentional? <laughs> like what what was the intentionality behind becoming more outgoing um
2: so usually it's you become usually more introverted because of them but for some reason the way i don't know what it was i became more extroverted because of it because well because going to a new school and because i wanted to play sports because i love sports i've always loved sports and so just going like being outgoing um For some reason, it helped me learn how to deal with them because I had to interact with people. I was actually – it was because being in a new school, you're forced to meet new people in high school as well, forced to interact more. But for some reason, that made me more extroverted than introverted. I don't know why, but just being forced to be more outgoing, it's helped me deal with them. It's helped me learn how to control them. And so basically through that, just how to – like basically just how to like act more – like. I wouldn't say nor like more normal what people would say, but more like more act more appropriately and have them more under control.
0: Because it sounds like it doesn't sound like you were in this position of I have Tourettes, so I'm going to be more extroverted no. to intentionally challenge yeah, myself no, make, it no. was more this. The circumstances you were in allowed you to work on it, whereas other people wouldn't be changing schools. They wouldn't be put in positions where they had to go and talk to more people. They could easily pull themselves back.
2: Yeah. My mom always said when I was younger – I have, or as speaking of, or as if it were me, it's like, I have Tourette's, Tourette's don't have me. So they think they don't control me, I control them. And that could just, like, hearing that, it helped me. It's like, okay, I may have this, but it's not going to limit me Mm -hmm. to whatever. It's like, okay, so I have them, so what? I can still be, I could still. Being a normal kid, being normal – like just do anything that I want to that any other person would do. And so that's where, like, where my real mentality has come from. It's like, okay, I have them. So what? I'll deal yeah. with them. I'll move on in life. I'll probably could always have them, some really mild form of them. But it's like, okay, I have them. That's the end of it. That's where my brain just like ends. It was like, okay, that's fine. I'm just gonna go do what I want to do. I'm gonna do what I enjoy. And so that's what what the main thing was that really pushed me. It's like, okay, they're not gonna limit me. They're not gonna make me like only do this, this, and this. I'm gonna yeah. go be beyond what um is what people may think is possible with threats. I'm gonna Go, I'm going to do stuff that I never thought I'd be able to. So, and again, it goes back to that thing of constantly pushing myself. Yeah. It's like, okay, get involved with Jasmine. Okay, cool. Get on stage with Broadway at LA. Cool. Okay, play football. Okay, cool. Be one of the best linemen on the team. Okay, be a leader in um, pep band at college. Being the saxophone section leader. Learning, just being, like, guiding these people and how to be better musicians and better people. Yeah. So it's always been a motivating factor for me to always go beyond my limits of what I thought I could do.
0: And so this is compared – most people, when they hear Tourette's, they think of the yeah, explosions the, of words and cussing and yeah, that, yeah that's what, convulsive movement. Yeah, that's
2: what people think of, but for, that's why I say I have a very mild yeah. form of it. And so that's – I know it's different for people that have it worse than me, but for the mild form that I have, it's always – it's more of a, it's not a hindrance to me. It's always been a motivator for me.
0: And I feel like – Obviously, living with a stronger version for those people that would be mm-hmm. harder to live with. Yeah. But I feel like yours might be harder to explain. Yeah, it's a little because bit, people yeah. see that and go, "Well, that's typical, so that makes sense." It's awkward and weird to be around, but that's yeah. what I know. It's like, oh, you you have threats, I don't have to explain that. But if you tell somebody you have threats, they go, "No, you don't." Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. People.
2: Yeah. When like I tell people if after I've been going for a while. If I've known for a while, I usually tell them, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, I have Tourette's. I don't know if you know, it's like little movements or words or stuff. And yeah. Most of the time, people are like, no, I've never noticed it. And so it's it's very, very, very mild, as I've said before. Yeah. But it's for me, it's always just been that way. It's like, okay, I have Tourette's. They yeah. don't have me. I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live it. This isn't going to hold me back from anything. I'm going to accomplish what I want to do. And from where I was younger, it's the the stuff I've accomplished in my life is way more than I've ever thought I would. I never thought I'd be moving away for college, never thought I'd be playing sports in high school, never thought I'd be in any type of leadership experience, or going into this major where I'm going to have to interact with the public and professionals and executives a lot. I never yeah. thought I'd be in this position, especially with the great friends that I have. They're all really supportive of, about it. And so it's just I've, I've accomplished more and I've done more than I thought would be possible. And I credit that to the threats because I've had to grow up and learn how to deal with them. And so it's just it's pushed me. It's a constant push for me to like okay you've done look at this this and this you've done this but you can always do more look at what you have done in the past so it's like that gives me the confidence you can do more you can do this you can always you can go out and be in the public you can be professional be in the fake like be in the media if i eventually get to that point it's like you can The people won't look at you like you're like look at your funny or whatever it's just like i know that i'm confident in myself to be able to be um who i am because of the trends, and I don't let them hinder me in anything yeah. I do.
0: Um, my last question on that is, yeah, there are times when it's not apparent at all, and then there yeah. are times we talked about, depending on the situation, mm-hmm. where it ramps up a little bit more. Um, for people who don't understand that and want to ask... like. Mm-hmm. Is there a bad way to ask you? Is there a good way to ask you? Like no,
2: it's just like people have asked – it happened a couple of weeks um, at school. It's like it was – I was nervous for volunteering for this one event. It was just – it was a tiny bit worse than it usually is. I was just mm-hmm. doing like small ones and this kid asked me, hey, do you have Tourette's? I'm like, yeah. Just some mild form. It's like, okay. But,
0: yeah. if, but if somebody doesn't know, like it would be – because like for those people who imagine this is you know the extreme yeah. version of what Tourette's is. Yeah. And so you clearly aren't doing that. So how – like what's a good way for someone to be like, well, obviously something is going on, but I don't want to like offend you. Yeah,
2: I think it really depends for – I've really never had to deal with it.
4: Okay.
0: In
2: that way, people usually just like, oh, yeah, do you have turrets? And it's like, yeah, just so some small some version. They're like, okay. And then it usually ends there for – well, at least for me, if people just ask me, it's like, yeah, I have turrets. I'll, if you come up and ask me, just like, yeah, I have it. yeah It's no big deal. I've dealt with it before and – perfectly normal like everybody else
0: for me that's just always like i know just and you know in whatever realm of somebody having a physical thing or yeah. whatever so i was like i want to ask but i yeah. don't want
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: to i was still nervous to ask
0: yeah i don't know how often you get asked the question and i don't know if i'm just tripping and <laughs> no, it's
2: not very it's not very often because people don't very notice it very much especially out in the public. It's if I'm interacting with like people for a group project, yeah. they may ask like my for one of my group projects at school. I've had to do a group project with the same people all semester. And none of them have ever asked about it. I don't think they even notice it. So it's not noticeable of all. If they do ask me, it's just like, yeah, I have it. And that's about it. Usually that's just a simple question and answer. And so yeah. that's about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I just live with it. I don't let it hold me back. Don't think about it too much. It's just, I'm, could deal with it, move on with life. It's just how I've learned up. How, it's my mentality now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's very helpful. Um, Cause I, you're the only person I've ever known personally who <laughs> has had it. And yeah. never had that conversation. So I learned a lot. Um, shifting gears, the combined realms of coaching, being a green Oak counselor, and being in leadership positions in general, Mm -hmm. is that something that you have just like naturally gravitated towards how have you found yourselves in continuous positions of authority and leadership
2: um so it's this happened naturally it started with football in high in freshman year sophomore year i was one of the better alignment on jv and then my senior year in varsity so it's always been that okay i've i'm teaching them and then being a section leader in high school with um band, and then in college with pep band, I've always just it's come naturally to for me. And then with being a counselor at Green Oak as well, it's like for me, I've noticed it's natural for me to lead. Because they say like there's natural leaders and followers. I find myself to be a natural leader in things that I'm that I know I'm good at. So and if they're, I've learned this a lot from my dad as well. Um, he always emphasizes being a leader not a follower and then for learning stuff it's um, learn one do one teach one so you learn how to do it you actually do it and then you teach it so I've always had that mentality it's like okay I'm going to learn how to do this if I'm not good at it then I'm going to do it and I'm going to know like how it works why it works and what can I, I can improve on or what whatever it is and then I'm going to teach it so I've always liked the idea of teaching I've always liked the idea of leading people um, for me, it's just the way that I am. I like to I like to teach. I like to learn a lot. Um, I like to constantly learn, whether it's outside whether it's outside like my normal field of study in college, which is sports business. Just like any type of subject, I like to constantly learn. I like to constantly teach people like new skills, and then but if they are better at something than I am, I will learn from them because I want to. I don't want to be so narrowly like skilled in just business and sports or um, stuff like that I want to have like a like practical skills like fixing stuff building stuff as well as the ability okay you can I can thought reason like think reason with whatever subject it is or in a business setting I can come up with like different um, marketing plans operations stuff if like something needs fixed or if this planning detail or whatever needs to be fixed I can I'm confident enough in myself because I know that I can um, whether it's just by myself or leading a group of people that i know i can lead them in the right
0: direction so is that something do you feel in you the sense of like you actively seek those things or like are you actively seeking in situations to lead
2: yeah i think mostly in in situations i like to lead i like to be the planner um i like to see i like to look after everybody see if they're doing okay if they need help with stuff especially in, in like um, my classes at school, whatever group projects we usually do, I'm usually I usually point myself as the de facto leader and make sure everybody's doing their pro, doing their parts. And if they need help on different parts of their project, that I'm always there to help them. So, and with pep band as well, being section leader for two years now and being on the leadership team at band, it's like I learned to set the example. I lead by example. I'm always, as they would say, out on the front lines with the troops. I always like to put myself out there first and lead them in the way that I would like to be led. So, And leading by example, teaching constantly. So I'm basically teaching – I'm leading people like – I like to lead people how I would like to be led. So it's always like the treat your neighbor how you always want to be treated. I'm going to lead these people how I would like to be led.
0: So who are some people over the years that have stood out to you as like Examples of leadership in your life, and what what were things about them that created that in
2: you? Okay, um, so first one was my dad. He's really taught me a lot. My mom, yeah, both my mom and my dad. My mom, especially with the threats, just learning how to like act up, like act in public situations. She's always like had my back on everything I do, and just like okay, try this, this, and this. And she's always led me in like how to deal with different situations. Um, and my dad, he's always He's always just been like that driving force. He's always – that's where I get that lead by example teach, teaching people because he taught me a wide variety of skills and trades when we were younger or when I was younger. And so he – that basically instilled that leadership like quality in me. It's like I learned that from my dad again, the learn one, te- or the learn one do one, teach one mentality. Mm-hmm. It's just always like trying new things, leading people because he is good one the senior – people on the department in Long Beach and so he's always been um like teaching the rookies he's always been because some some firemen will, like, completely ignore the rookies, and some will help them. And my dad's always been one to help people, whether it's in the fire department or with our family. And my dad's, um, especially with the family, because we have such a big family, he's always been the one. It's like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do this. We're going to drive up here to see these people. We're going to drive down here to see these people. So it's just, like, always – because a lot, a lot of the family does like to charge – or to charge, geez, to travel um, – to go visit our people, so we're really the ones that have been going places, and so just like just like a a lead in the family of going to see people, that's mm-hmm. where it originally started, and then with um, what was it? it was my coaches, my football coaches in high school, mainly my lineman coach um, Woody no uh Woody was head coach, so head coach Woody Grayson, lineman coach um Kane, and my the defensive coordinator Randy. Um, those three i have always—I've really looked up to them because Woody was a head coach, and he's always um, always been encouraging me to take bigger and bigger leads within the football team and teaching the young guys, especially during summer camp when I was on varsity, teaching the young guys how to do everything and like doing more stuff than I necessarily need to. And going in for like on um, scout teams, it's like okay, we need scout team people. He's always just like okay, you go, you go, you go, and then it's like that's learned. To, I've learned to. Always put myself like do more than necessary than other people would do, mm-hmm. like do more than people would normally do. Um, Kane, um, he taught me once I got to varsity, just um, he taught me a lot of proper technique and was able to instill confidence in me. That to know not only in football, what I was doing was um, to have confidence, but just anything in life to have confidence in what you're doing. And then Randy, he was my middle school football coach, and JV, and varsity coach. So mm-hmm. I was with him for. He was my coach for six years, so... I'm gonna... Um, just having him as like a constant um, coach. And he was always behind me because he knew that I had Tourette's from seventh grade. He was always behind me, just pushing me, pushing me, pushing me, which I'm super thankful for, yeah. for him pushing me just to, like, to do more than I thought I could. And so it's where trying out for the football team in seventh and eighth grade um, or becoming a starting lineman in um, freshman year and then going up to varsity and starting on varsity my junior and senior years. So it's really just been that push to – um, go out and do stuff that I like. never thought I would which would be leadership um, things and then in college with a pet band, it was actually a couple of my friends who were like, hey, you should, it was a couple of my friends in the saxophone section they're like, hey, you should do leadership because like, they were both applying for different positions but it's like, mm-hmm. that really pushed me because I'm like I never thought, I'm like, okay, I'm like, eh, maybe I want to do work or out but I'm glad they did push me to do it and the professor actually um, helped me do it, he encouraged me to do it as well so that really pushed me to like become a, the section leader and part of the leadership team. And so it's just been a constant process of like knowing that, okay, I want it it's like do this, do this, become a leader, do a leader for this, set the example for the young guys, set the example for other people. So it's just – it's and then through all of this, I've realized, okay, I have this natural leadership ability that I know I'm confident enough in myself where I can do everything – Good, and if I don't know, I'll learn how to do and then teach others. And so it's just that combination of being pushed, doing more than what people would expect me to, and the, um, my, like, I guess, like, want to teach people, like, how to do things and, like, do them properly and just lead them in whatever direction that they need to go.
0: So, on that note, um, with the desire to coach Mm -hmm. and then being a counselor and stuff. What do you think are the most important parts of leading children?
2: Ooh, good. Leading children. Um, It was a learning process at first because I'd only dealt with people my age. And mm-hmm. so being a counselor or being a CA and then being a counselor, I really have I've had to learn on the spot. And that's how I usually – I either – I'm more of a practical learner, so more hands-on. So like a lot – the way I learn, it's a lot of trial and error. It's like, okay, this works, this works, but this doesn't work, so try something else. Oh, the new thing that you're trying works, it works. So it's – especially with children, it's hard because they notice every little thing you do. People say it's like, oh, yeah, children will like say what – like say the blank truth – And they'll just lay it out there and it's very true. They'll see like what you're doing, what you're, they'll listen to what you're saying. And so it's, it's a good thing because it always makes you check yourself, make sure that you're doing the best job possible at leading them. And you're saying all the right things and doing all the right things and setting the example that you want them to be. Mm -hmm. And so that lines up into coaching because you have to, you have to know what you're Coaching, you have to know what you're talking about. You have to know how to lead and why you're doing it. Because a lot of kids today will ask why you're doing something. Some will just go like do what you say, but most of them will ask why. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have a reason behind it, which I think is good because I have reasons behind everything that I do when it comes to leadership and coaching. It's like, okay, why are you doing this? Okay, maybe it's like, why are we learning this, like, blocking technique? Oh, it's because if this happens or this happens, you can do that or that. Or could throw here, there, there, or run up this gap. It's why, okay, because these people are blocking, these people are blocking. Or at Green Oak, it's like, why do we, why do we say please and thank you a lot? Or because it's commanded in the Bible that you um, respect your elders and your father and mother. And it's like, why do we... Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And it's like, why do we follow these and these and these and rules? And so it's just like, it's always having a reason. I like to always have a reason of why whenever I'm in a leadership position, why I'm doing something. Yeah. Having like having reasoning behind it just puts more depth and meaning to behind what you're doing in any leadership position.
4: True
0: story. Um, so we didn't really get into this too much, but it's going to be the portion of the show where we do. Um, so you grew up going to church, private education, all that. Yep. So you've known Jesus your whole life. Yep. When was the was there a time where that really either became yours or like it became real, like it wasn't just information that you had, but you genuinely understood this is something that I own. This is something that I know and believe in in making this choice. Um,
2: well, I can't remember exactly when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was, I was young, probably. I was still going to Cotwood Church. At that point, because I was probably like six or seven. Mm -hmm. When I have happened and I've rededicated a few times since then. So it's come like stages. So like when I was young, it was like, okay, this is the truth and I know it to be truth. And then when I could actually start like questioning stuff and rationally thinking about stuff, I started thinking, okay, this is the way it is, but why? Mm -hmm. Why is it the way it is? Why is this true? And so if it, there's points in my life where I've questioned my faith, which I think is only natural as humans to question things. And I've discovered that it only makes my faith stronger. And so it's like, okay, through – like the big one was sixth grade. It's like, okay, why do I have these traits? Like why is this happening to me? That's the constant question that's come up through um, since um, through middle school, through high school. And um, through college, it's like, okay, why is this happening to me? Like, why do I – like, why do I have to deal with the Tourette's? Why mm-hmm. do I have to deal with this and, like, not somebody else? And then – so with the whole – everything I was explaining about earlier about grow, having to grow up with these challenges, it's made me realize, okay – but for some reason, my for my mind's like, okay, I have this and it is a purpose of Why? i have it it's either like it's either to push me to be who i'm supposed to be be more outgoing be a leader being like doing being a camp counselor and teaching kids about god being in the praise and worship team or just like um helping kids with um Tourette's or families with um other kids that have Tourette's and which has been the cases a few times um some are um, my mom's friends, some of their kids have Tourette's, and they've they're always been scared about it. It's like, oh, no, what if it's this, this, or this? And then they've always brought, brought up the example of me. My mom always asks if they can use me as an example. I'm like, yeah, of course you can. And so it's like for me, it's like even though I, could, I haven't met these other kids that have Tourette's, mm-hmm. it's always um, like my mom just – because when, your first, when other families are – their kids are first diagnosed with Tourette's, it's like they're always scared that it's like the big – involuntary ones, like yeah. all the time. good But they like use me as an example where it's like, okay, things are going to be okay. You could, it's going to be a hard process, but you'll, they'll be fine. They'll learn how to deal with it. You'll always learn how to get through it. And so just me being that example, it's like, I've, I knew that for, that when I was, since I was younger, it's like, okay, I'm gonna learn how to deal with this, and then hopefully there's some way I can help other kids with Tourette's or other people going through difficult things, how to how to deal with it and how to get through it, and use myself as an example of that. Even though it's hard, it's a difficult, long road, you can get through it, and that through all of this, it really has strengthened my faith, just because I've had to lean on God to help me through different situations for the moving schools again, doing with different things, especially when my grandma passed away a few years ago, cause that was one of the hardest times in my life because I was really close to her. Mm-hmm. And so it's just learning, like just learning that God is my crutch in a way. I always rely on him for everything. Um, it's It was when I was younger, it was constant prayer, constant questioning like why is it happening to me and it's like and then so it's just that sense of like Why I there's a reason behind it now. I realized that God gave me Tourette's was not only to push myself to where I could have, where I probably wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have been who I am today without them, but it's also to help other people, which is another thing that goes into leadership. It's helping other people, and, and I have this innate desire to help other people through things or with whatever it is. And so, having the Tourette's and having my faith in God as well, it's really, I've again relying on. God is a crutch, and to always knowing that I've always gotten through things, which has strengthened my faith, and always helping other people, helping other people through it, which um, I don't really see many results of it, but. I'm sure there have been people that have noticed me the way that I am. They're like, okay, why is he the way that he is? It's like, oh, it's because of this, this. It's not only because of trans, it's because he has faith in God, and I live that. I try to live that way as best as I can. To, and the Bible says, like, live like Jesus in every day of your lives, and so it's just like being, like, being outgoing, sharing, talking to people that I wouldn't usually talk to, and so just like living like God. That's my way of more like. Because some people, it's like, okay, they'll go on mission trips and stuff, or they'll do this. For me, it's more like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try and live like Jesus as much as I can, so I can be that like physical example that people, I'm like, okay, this guy's really happy. This guy's go up and get him. He's interacting with a bunch of people. He's always smiling, happy, even though there's this going on in his life. It's like, why is he acting that way? And so, and for me, it's like at that point, okay, then I can explain why. It's because I have this faith in Jesus because of all this stuff that I've gone through that I'm able to live the way that I am.
0: <laughs> There's a little to unpack there. Um, yep. But the statement you said, God gave me Tourette, mm-hmm. um, that's a hard sentence for a lot of people to yeah. hear. Because there are a lot of people with whatever various maladies they may have. Yeah. And the idea of God gave me this yeah. is like an unacceptable... Yeah. Thing For people outside the faith Yeah So how would you explain How would you explain Having that And like being okay with it Like being able to Somebody outside the faith would say God is supposed to be perfect and good Yeah Why would a perfect and good God Create this negative situation for you If he loved you And you can be okay to sit there God gave me Tourette's Yeah and that's a good thing. Yeah.
2: And but the whole God gave me a transfer. it's like, okay, maybe it's like he like he can God can do like whatever he wants, whatever. Like
0: do you actually yeah. believe that as God was thinking of you, he said, I'm gonna give Ian No.
2: No, I've yeah, i <laughs> it makes sense in my head when I think about yeah, it. Not, no. yeah, that's but, why I asked because yeah, people so, would yeah, so um it's basically going along with struggle because after Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. we're all cursed to have pain, suffering, and eventually die because it's a punishment for sin. But for um, having these challenges, I think God allows these challenges to happen to us, and especially for me specifically through Tourette, to, to have us grow closer to him, which is um, – I won't go, but like for – I heard of one time where it's like why does – it's the whole question of why does God allow cancer? Yeah. And whatever and one example I heard one time which I can apply for threats is that God has allowed cancer even though even if nobody else will come to him because of the struggle and rely on him and find him. Even if one person finds him, then it was all worth it to bring one person to him. Mm -hmm. That's how I view threats. It's like, okay, maybe I have it. It's unfortunate that I have it. Sometimes I wish I didn't. But it's like, okay, I've had to grow closer to God and rely on him more, which has really strengthened my faith. It's like, okay, I have it, but I'm going to rely on God and know that everything is okay. And I use my life as an example because everything is okay. I'm fine. I'm a... What people call normal, I guess, well, normal spectrum of what people would say. But it's like I've really had to – for me, it's always that mentality of like, okay, God used this to grow me closer to him and help other people grow closer to him. So God doesn't necessarily give people – he doesn't give people – um, like pain suffering or anything, but he lets it happen for a reason, which is to grow – which is to have people rely on him and go to him. Because we all have free will, and so it's that free will. Okay, there's pain and suffering and death and everything else going on. And I view it just as I'm going to – even though I have this, I'm still going to rely on God and know that there's a reason for this happening. And that reason, again, is to teach people or to spread the word of God through um, – because i have this and just explain like why i am the way that i am and why i rely on god and so bring people to christ through that reasoning
0: you use the word rededication rededication um what did what did what did you mean by that what does that look like um, um
2: no. yeah so for that it's um like reaffirming my um faith and saying to God multiple times when it's like I've gone through a challenging period and I've started to question my faith and, like, why stuff happens, it's always, for me, the mentality is rededicating my life and saying to God, okay, you are my Lord and Savior. I do believe that Jesus died on the cross to save my sins. I believe that you are the one and only way to happiness and eternal life. And so it's just, for me, it's that constant, it's that reminder once in a while. It's like, okay, I know that I am on the right path. I know what I believe is true. And it's just for for me it's uh for me it's more just like a confidence thing where it's like okay I know this is true and I know it is because I am I'm dedicating my life to Jesus and even though I've done it multiple times I'm just doing it again so and just saying it again because I even though I've doubted it in the past I know it's true so it's just like reaffirming that doubt that I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior.
0: Do you think that it's something that should not that it should be required of everybody, but mm-hmm. do you think everybody should think that it's required of them to rededicate themselves? Or think... do you think um, – like there's the, – on the scale of like we only need to dedicate ourselves once and we're fine forever yeah. or we should be waking up every day and rededicating our life to Christ every day. Like where do you Get fall it. in um, that? So theology? I think it
2: really depends on the person because yeah. – after you do it once and you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior with your mouth and that you die on the cross, you're saved. Mm-hmm. Um, for I, for me, it, I think it really just depends on the person. I don't; it's not necessary to rededicate. I think it is it, um, for me. If going through, for at least for me, going through challenging times in life, it's just knowing that I firmly believe again and saying it out loud reassures me that that it is true and that I know that I have dedicated my life to Christ. And to God, and so for if, at least for me, I think it really just depends on the purpose. You, I, for me, you don't have to do it, but it just helps me reaffirm and assure me in my faith, and that I know what I'm doing and what I believe is true. So it's just for me, for me personally, it's just that confidence builder and reassurance. I know what I believe, even though I've questioned it before. Mm-hmm. I know what I believe is true, and it will always be true.
0: Are there certain scriptures or stories that have like? Been instrumental in shaping your faith. Um, there's not really been like
2: specific ones. There's, it's it's been, I don't know what it is. It's just certain parts of the Bible that I've I've like gained confidence in it, knowing that there are historical records from the Romans that line up with the time of Jesus, and um with all the um like cosmological um arguments and all the different arguments. I can't remember them all right now. Um with Like how the world was created and why the world was created and that there couldn't be – like that matter can't come from nothing and that it had to appear somehow because Mm -hmm. in science, science it's like, okay, there's the Big Bang. There's nothing and then there's everything. Mm -hmm. But that breaks the law of science where you can't create something from nothing. And so there has to be a reason why that – it happened and there's so many arguments for God and so much proof for him through outside records with the Romans, especially during Jesus time that, and that fact that they have found, they found Noah's Ark on the top of a mountain in Eastern Europe and that there is evidence for, um, for the great flood. And so just all this evidence I've, I can't remember it all right now, but it's just that all this stuff lines up with what the Bible has said. And I know it's true. So I was like, that reaffirms, my belief in God and in the Bible that everything is true. And the, through all the stories, um, all the Bible stories and parables, it's, yeah. And actually one verse um, that I come close with was uh, Joshua nine, one nine, 1-9, which is, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. And so that one I've just really relied on and I've realized through my life, I've been living out that verse, even though I am going through these challenges, even though – I'm like afraid of certain things like um, like when I was younger it's like okay am I going to be able to do this this and this I'm going to be able to manage the traits everything I've always relied on God and I've always had strength through him that I know that I'll be able to do um stuff and I've grown when I'm older and and getting older it's like I'm becoming I'm more and more confident in my ability to do stuff through God.
0: So what is your what does your faith relationship look like with your parents and with your sister like how often are you having those conversations how often are they shaping you how often are you shaping them um so
2: yeah so for being away at college it's less than what it used to be Mm -hmm. um when i was in high school and middle school especially I would it would be there was times and nights and days where it was a lot tougher than others and it was just um constant reminders and my parents just telling me things and reading me passages and just a lot of prayer that helped me through it and so they really helped me like reaffirm my faith and though even though this is happening, there's a reason for it, this scripture backs it up. And like their faith as well in through Um, the difficult times with my grandma and with um, my grandpa passing away in the last 10 years. Um, Especially, and I really like that where I am in my faith I'm so lucky to be in because on my mom's side, my grandma was the only one that was uh, saved. Mm -hmm. She believed in God, believed that Jesus died to save um, her sins, and was her Lord and Savior. She's the only one along with my grandpa um, that were believers. Everybody else on my family acknowledges that there is a higher power but they don't believe in jesus and god specifically mm-hmm. they don't believe like yeah they don't believe that specifically so just where i am in my faith and how our family is today um it's we're I'm very fortunate to be in the Position that I do know the ultimate truth that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And with my dad's side, he's always been strong in his faith. He's always been the constant one. That's like, okay, be stronger, be stronger in faith. There will be challenges, there will be difficulties, but no matter what, just remember that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that God will help you through anything no matter what. And with my sister as well, like on our road trips back and forth between Phoenix, we'll always like talk about these things, why these happen. Why these things happen or whatever happens and like what challenges or what things happen in our day-to-day, day-to-day lives that prove that God is real. And then with my friends as well, especially um, Jake, Cedric, and Khalil, we all talk about these things a lot. It's like, why like, is why this this way? And we all have like, like differing – like simple differing views on mm-hmm. things, but none that are wrong, but just the way we've been raised in – in um, church, it's just like, why do these things happen? And so we all, we're always challenging each other, like, why, why is this the way it is, or why is this, why did this happen? So we're always challenging ourselves, which I'm very grateful for, because it challenges us to grow in our faith, learn more, um, and just rely on God more. That even though um, we do view it slightly differently, we all believe the same thing, and we all all have a firm foundation in our faith that God is real and that God is our Savior.
0: So with your parents and those interactions were they always initiated by your parents how often did you come to them with questions and
2: um so when I was younger it was a lot of them initiating it but when I became older it was a lot of me like asking why why why, why does this happen why is this happening mm-hmm. to me um like what does this mean so it, when it, yeah it switched from them talking to me and asking me to me asking them it's like why is this the way it is and like why is this happening or why is this going to happen eventually and it's um i've had i've talked with my mom individually and my dad individually um and they both have they've both instilled confidence in me and taught me about like, why this is going to happen, and from whatever experiences they have, it's like, okay, they, this is the same, like, this has happened to them, and this is, but this has happened to me, it's relatively the same thing, and it ties back to this, or it's like, um, so it's just having those conversations of me asking them, which I think is good, and so it's me, it's me being, like, curious about my faith, it's like, okay, why does this happen, like, why is this the way to the, that it is, and then I can ask them about it, and they usually have a strong, like, evidence to answer that for why things happen or like why things the way they are. So it's, it's really helpful being able to have those conversations with them and it's only grown my faith stronger.
0: Do you think, how common do you think that is in young ish people, people your age and younger in their faith, actively approaching those conversations with their parents? Getting.
2: Um, yeah. So it, for me, it goes back to that whole thing of wanting to constantly learn yeah. and continually learning about stuff. So for me, even still today, like it's like I'll just ask my mom or dad over something. It's like, why does this happen or like, yeah. what does this mean in the Bible or like, why, what, is, what's this whole thing mean? And so, like for for me now, it's still constantly. It's like I'm always like wanting to learn more. But for other people, it's like. Because there's that there's a group of people where, like, they usually fall away in their, from their faith when they go to college, or there's people that go stronger in it, or there are people that are stagnant in their faith. So I've, I don't know, like, I wouldn't know exactly how many people for each, but I think there are some people that do go fall away from their faith for a time and then come back. But I've, yeah, for the people that do, I think it's good for the ones that do can continually want to learn just because... They want to continue learning, and that's just how I am. But of course, there are people that fall away. So it's kind of, I'd say it's like a third, third, third people.
0: Stack. So how how important do you think it is for people, regardless, um, to yeah. seek?
2: Yeah. So others. how important it is? I think it's for the way I view. It, I think it's constantly important for people to continually be learning and to continually be questioning it. Because my high school Bible teacher, Mr. Brandehorst, um, it's I think he said if when you question your faith, you 're not only asking why it is, but you're also strengthening your faith at the same time because you're asking questions, "Why is it this way and you're looking and you 're looking for the evidence yourself, and you always find the evidence that it is real so it, I think it's incredibly important for people to constantly be asking questions, whether it's um, just by themselves and reading through scripture or if they're asking other people, their friends, pastors, family members, whoever it is. I think it's always important for people to be continually learning about their faith and always questioning it not to a point where they don't believe but always just be like why is it this way and like is this true and then go look it up and see that it is true and so that everything does line up everything that god says is true and so that the whole bible is true and that, that i found and that hopefully other people can find that the bible is always true no matter what i've looked up before it's always been true it's
0: always been accurate and we should never just be content yeah. with what we know yeah, or no, think ne- we know.
2: Yeah, never being content with what you know and just be like, okay. And some some things you do have to have blind faith for. There's parts of the Bible where you have to have blind faith that it happened because um, mainly for the book of Revelation and like what's to come. Yeah. You have to have blind faith that it is going to happen. But it's always good to just always know like that it is real and that there is evidence for it.
0: So I have two last questions okay. on this topic. Um. If someone were to come up and just like having heard everything you just said, who isn't necessarily in the faith or doesn't know much about it, how would you describe to them what you believe and how you know it's true?
2: Um. So for how
0: I would describe it...
2: Um, Again, I would use my my life as an example because mm-hmm. when people mostly think of Tourette's, they always think of like, okay, they can't like act, they can't like be in social situations or be productive. And I would the, I would use my life as an example. It's like I have Tourette's, I've been able to deal with it, and I've only been able to do it through my faith in God, knowing that there is a purpose for everything and why we do everything and everything that. Um, yeah everything we do that there is a purpose for it and that there is a greater calling than just um than just like satisfying whatever our desires are or whatever there's a greater calling to lead people to god and um explaining to them that through there's with all the different arguments of how the world was created and all the evidence i've looked up and so and with the ark in um eastern europe and with all the arguments about creation it's like Just challenge them on that stuff and see if they can come up with um, answers for it. And if they can't, just explain why. Why you ask those questions and always have an answer to those questions. So it's like for the Big Bang um, examples, it's like, okay, so there is a Big Bang. You believe that. So how – but science says you can't create and nothing – you can't create something from nothing. It's like – so like what evidence do they have for – like explain that. How do you create something from nothing? Mm-hmm. And if they can't, explains. okay, there was a divine eternal creator that had to create everything because there's no – there's the probability of – humans being evolving the way that we are is so minuscule and tiny and having every single part of our bodies work correctly that there only that there had to be a designer and a creator that created us with a purpose cuz there cuz there has to be something more than life than just living life working and dying there has to be something more than it and so and then with all um different experiences especially um watching reading the book 90 minutes in heaven with the kid it's accurately describing what jesus was like and what heaven was like and people have had many people other people have had similar experiences with that and it it describes it like really perfectly what it says in the bible so just like showing them for me it's just more showing evidence and explaining why things are true and like what i believe and showing them that god is true and using myself as an example and I'm showing them all these examples and everything.
0: So in all that, you've probably answered the last question. But if you had to just boil it down to one thing, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned earlier the desire to live like Jesus. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Um, For me, it's
2: for me, it's just it's always like living to living for the purpose of god and what he called us all to do which is make disciples of all nations and so people do that in different ways again by mission trips being um some people are born to be pastors some people are born to do street missionaries Mm -hmm. street missions but for me it's just living the way that i am and despite that i do have Tourette's and all the challenges that i've gone through living the way that i am so that people can see why okay he has this but he's happy like he's not, it's not like tearing him down. It's not diminishing him or it's not like hurting him in any way. It's just like, why is he the way that he is? And so that, and through that, it's just like, I want to live as an example that no, even though I have this, it's not going to hinder me from living the way that God wanted me to do, which is leading people, serving people, bringing people to him, that I can do more than, and do more than I thought I would be able to ever do. So it's just that constant, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be confident in who I am, knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and just living like that, being being positive, outgoing, um, getting to know people. It's like why have them have people think possibly that? Why is he the way that he is? Why does he live this way? And through that, I can share the gospel and tell people that even though I have this, it's my confident confidence in Jesus and God that I am the way that I am.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a great way for us to end. Very good. Thank you very much for finally getting in here and defending all the times that Jake has used your name. (laughs) Yep, multiple times. Negative (laughs) negative lights. It's not going to (laughs) stop. Nope. You'll probably be in again soon. Thank you, Owen, for sitting in and contributing way more than anticipated.
4: (laughs) 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 Um,
1: Give him a mic. Might as well You're use right. It. That's on me. That's yeah. okay. It was you good. offered me the mic. I know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm you just did. kidding. It's fine.
0: One day you'll come on as a real guest and we'll pepper, <laughs> pepper you with a lot of questions. Fun. Um, <laughs> Jake just. Because you know pepper, so I did like, pepper. the pepper
1: grind. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was
0: not. We hope that everybody has a fantastic Thanksgiving. But Be you thankful stay for us. Real, yeah. Eat turkey. <laughs> Don't eat Share, turkey Show that you are thankful for us By sharing the podcast with your friends
3: Like, comment, and subscribe
0: We want <laughs> we want more people to listen to the stories Even if you don't care about sports Just tell everyone to fast forward through the first, okay. <laughs> Skip the first 45 minutes it's to very an hour easy. Time And stamp. listen to people Because the people we talk to Are very interesting and have cool stories And a lot of good stuff to say And we want you to be one of those people So if you have the desire to be a guest Contact Hit us up us. We will hopefully shortly have some kind of jingle and some kind of business card that will. <laughs> that will jingle, jingle. Bob's office jingle. <laughs>
1: that that's nope. great. That is exactly the way Going back to the lab. But that's the base. I'll
0: send that sound clip to Jason and let him work from there. <laughs> Elbowed the wall again. Um, yeah, no. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Be safe. Stay dry.
1: Eat turkey, sadly.
0: Make Eat ham. We're not having that conversation. I hate yeah, turkey. fake tamales. But you just, you just degraded tamales and turkey. No, I like tamales. Oh, I thought I said you I hate reacted turkey. negatively tamales. to tamales.
1: I like them. Okay. They are good. <sighs> but ham superior. All right, then you guys have have a good week.
0: Uh, bye.
4: <laughs>
1: I, I wanted to have it so there's no argument okay. between me saying ham is superior.
0: <laughs> we'll be back next Tuesday with. Kyle Vittwar. Yep, ah. and that'll be fun.
1: So uh, follow us on the socials. F R O M B O B S O F F I C E.
0: Nailed it. <laughs> I, at <laughs> nice. first, I
1: almost said uh, I almost spelled office before Bob, and I'm like, wait a second, like, that's definitely not right. From office Bob, <laughs> sounds like the guy from like Staples.
0: <laughs> I'm Jacob Bommer.
1: I'm Jake Mathis. I'm Owen
2: Schaff, and I'm Ian Silva.
0: Have a great holiday.